Well, they want they want to control everything. I mean, this is the same thing against the mother. It's the same thing against the people who want to curb and curtail alcohol sales on Sunday. Still, right? Still, it's the same guys that want to change. Uh, <coughs> that don't want uh, alcohol sales in grocery stores. You know, all this stuff to limit the thing. And so, it's no surprise that. Um, that audio on the internet is something that they want to have a say in. They'll only be able to buy podcasts in supermarkets. <laughs> well, especially now because the, it brings it up because it's the whole thing about the, whether they should tax internet or not. Whether they should be should be tax whether they should ta- California can tax Amazon for people who buy stuff in California. Well, if if you use Massachusetts as, as the basis of this, Massachusetts as the basis. <laughs> Too many S's in a row there. Um, Massachusetts is is a uh, a state that if you go and do business there, so uh, you go to a trade show and you're selling software or goods or whatever, you have to uh, you have to fill out a, a and pay whatever taxes uh, you based on your sales while you're doing business there. Mm-hmm. So it might only be for three days. You might sell like. $15,000 of the stuff, but you have to collect sales tax. So that's that draconian, that's the draconian part of that state, and there's kind of no way to get around it. But if somebody somebody finds you there, and you, you sell them software there in Massachusetts for those three days, I understand that. But if yeah. you come back to California, and someone sell, sends you orders through the mail from mm-hmm. that point from Massachusetts, do you have to pay sales tax in Massachusetts or no. California? No, you pay no sales tax. No sales tax. Right. So however... However, this is the thing. In the state of California, it's is if you have a business or actually if you are a person and you buy something from out of state and uh, let's say it's a Mac or a book or a whatever, it, you are required to pay a sales tax to somebody, somebody, right? To somebody. And so if you didn't pay it to the state where it came from, California wants the sales tax. And um, so in the case of running a business, one of the things that will happen is that if you get audited and you f- they find that you didn't pay sales tax on a lot of stuff, then you are fined and, and, uh, and the tax is extracted from you. Yes, extracted is a nice word. <laughs> I didn't use the other X. Siphoned off. Yeah, uh, well, the extortion part of that, that factor. But anyway, it, it's, there's no way around it. I mean, the, the uh, eventually taxes will be collected on sales on the internet. Yeah, it's just a massive mess, though. You know, what on what basis is it? The, is well, the if it's just if it's the shipping address, it's easy because yeah. there's a database that can correlate your zip Everything. code to the tax rate. Right. Duh, easy. I mean, they correlate your shipping rate to your zip code. Right. And this will always be really co- complicated to track. No BS. No. no, it's just a look. It's a lookup table. I mean, even if you're if you're doing sales in California, you're supposed to look up what the person's local is, right? So, uh, if you sell to a, a place that doesn't have eight point seven five or eight point five, and it's more like more like seven, I don't know where that is, but but you have to collect the specific for the for that local. Yeah. But this is not a show about taxes. No, it's not. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah, we've been on. We should ask Meg about that. Meg, what do you think about that? <laughs> Why would Meg know about that? Oh, she ran eBay for many, many years. Oh, I didn't. Oh, know yeah, there's a, there was a great thing that said, "Oh, yeah, it's a company that never, that, re, that didn't have employees because it relied on uh, people selling stuff to other people." <laughs> I wonder what her take on the whole internet uh, t- 
taxation thing would be since she ran eBay for many. Well, that's that is the whole idea of the garage sale, right? You throw up your you throw up in your doors and and you We're sell recording. your. Why haven't we opened a beer yet? <clears throat> I don't know. We should open something. <laughs> Well, you fi- you who's, pick. Who's our uh, somebody? No, 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 pick. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm oh, not you're not all, picking I'm not today. A, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a. What do we call him? Sommelier. No, 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 no. Cicerone. Expert. I know. No, no. The joke Cicerone. is. The joke is that if you good choice. If you are. If you are at the restaurant and they have a beer list and a wine list yeah. and you and the guy says you can, fill, um, you can, fill can you send the sommelier over disorder. here yeah. that's the beer guy do this one first. Okay. <laughs> and if you go can you send the sommelier over here that means that you know you're in the know that, and that's the wine guy <laughs> Sommelier. You want the beer guy? Go on. <laughs> well, no, it's, you're just saying. I think that's it, our order. You're just. Exactly. You're, you're saying you don't know. You don't know the French accents. So yeah. Obviously, you're not a wine connoisseur. <laughs> that was ready to go. Just like. Uh, and we're off to the races. You are listening to Beer School. <laughs> we're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some beer is made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel all the way from Belgium. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and about Belgian beers. We're going to talk about them today because we have a special guest who came all the way from Vancouver. <laughs> and the homework. Wait a minute. <laughs> Not there yet. Oh, okay. I'm just introducing. <laughs> okay. He's busy pouring. The sommelier is busy pouring the beer. around. <laughs> the best part about beer school is the homework. Thank you. Where's your glass, John? I don't know. He right has to say the homework is very his class. He's busy. Oh, there's the other show. glass. No wonder I couldn't find it. It was on the table. Yeah. All right. So the best part. Huh? Well, yeah, that. pick up with the mic here? Oh, uh, yeah. The best part about beer school is the homework. The homework is beer. And the band is playing next door. And the band is playing. Wow, this has got a really great color. This is what we're having. Castlian Blonde Bayer de Girardi. <laughs> Castellane from France, northern France. Blonde Beer de Garde. Yeah, this is. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I butchered that. I'll have to talk to myself. I don't know my. I, I do not know my French. <laughs> I think French beers are the next go. big wave of interest in with beer enthusiasts across the country. Huh. Well, because we've gone through the the interest in Belgian beers, and a lot of people are very interested in those. Um, as they said in the movie. Uh, all of these beers would be considered gay beers. You pass that over to Mike, so you see. Right? What's that? Is this a gay? This is a gay beer. You know, one normal beer and one gay beer. What do you mean? Well, from the movie in Bruges. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, here's my here's my beer, and here's right. your gay beer. I see what you're referencing now. <laughs> right, Colin Farrell. Right, sure. <laughs> anyway, so if uh, if France is the next location of beer, then. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, making a lot of... Uh, That's a really pretty beer. The interesting thing about France is that uh, they, in northern France, there's some really great beers, but a lot of people don't realize it. They think that you know, it's a wine-producing country only. But that whole region that is just south of Belgium is part of what used to be all of Flanders. Flanders you know, ran from northern France across Belgium to southern Netherlands and and that brewing technology and heritage is still there. 
and they're bottling it and they're moving it out and uh and it's great this is very good very nice yeah, very light you. very lemony very well, uh strange on the nose you get a lot of co2 for some reason i get a lot of co2 but i don't know if, and that's not a, a bad thing it's just that it's, i very cool. rarely find a beer that has a lot of co2 on the on the nose, and this does. It's kind of refreshing. It's probably coming from the sea monkeys. Maybe that's what. <laughs> yeah, because you can. There is sea monkeys in this. Check it out. If you I'll, look I'll, really close, he got he got the he got the papa bear. He got the papa glass. bear sea monkeys. <laughs> Who else was disappointed when the sea monkeys didn't have crowns and didn't do tricks and didn't do? I never bought anything out of a comic book. I'm just saying. I was <laughs> highly disappointed that they didn't look anything like the picture. No. You didn't have a microscope. Did have a microscope. We put them under the microscope. They were cool under the microscope. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't. They weren't pink. You didn't have an electron microscope. There's no royalty. There's no royalty in in real life. There's sea monkeys. So you like that, eh? I do like it a lot. Yes, it's very nice. Very refreshing on the nose. It's a good one to start with because it's not overpowering. It's only about six and a half percent alcohol. And it's malty and nutty. Castellane. If you're writing this down and you want to look for it. It's got a really great castle picture on the front, too. Very nice beer. What else do we know about this brewery? Um, they produce a number of different styles. Uh, it's in the, uh, what they call the Passe de Calais Nord region of uh, France. And uh, if you like this beer, also try uh, uh, maybe St. Armand Farmhouse Ale or... And this is going to sound odd, but this is how it's pronounced. Shitty. Yes. Oh, that's a good beer. Shitty. And, and Shitty uh, refers to the region and the people. Uh, they call themselves the Shitty, and the beer is named after that. And the reason I bring this is because it's a nice introduction to my farmhouse ale tour, which is predominantly in Belgium, but dips into northern France. And uh, this gives you some exposure to some. Uh, cuisine and scenery and uh, the people of northern France too I would have never thought to have toured northern France I know it that, 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 that's, that's why I've gone there and that's why I've scouted out this tour and that's why I bring people there it's kind of the big surprise like what why are we in France mm-hmm. well there's no beer here no but there is <laughs> beer. Beer there's great I know there's beer, beer everywhere, everywhere but the but we, just we just don't know about it that's all. the thing so Stu you run tours to Belgium right. all the time right um, well you didn't run any last year sorry about that right thank you George Bush uh, <laughs> But you ran some cancel. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to do a big retirement. Take all the George take the White House staff out on a couple of tours of Belgian beer, and he canceled on you. Dope. Something like that. I could you could see it in his eyes. <laughs> Never knew that about him. But uh, so you you run tours. You obviously didn't see Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay because you'd see that he's a beer big part of your beer drinker. I didn't see that movie. That's okay, now it's on my. I'll have to cue that. <laughs> oh, as you were saying, you had a question there for me. Uh, well, <laughs> now I forgot what it was. No, I, <laughs> no. So it's not a destination that you'd think of because, as you you know, as your specialty is, it says Belgium beer me on the on my t-shirt on your t-shirt, right? So it's that's your specialty. So right. you know, you're promoting going to Belgian tours and seeing these great festivals and that, but. Nobody would say, I'd like to go to France today. Yeah, your average person wouldn't, but I'm trying to change that. Um, Like I say, there's some really great beers there. People just don't know about them. Right. And uh, the border between Belgium and France in that region is 
it's practically invisible. In fact, oftentimes when the road crosses back and forth over the border, there's not even a sign that says, welcome to Belgium or France, you, you, unless you have your GPS going, which hopefully you do. Right. Uh, you don't even really know it until you get to the next town and you realize, hey, we are in France. <laughs> yeah. Where's the, where's the Dutch on these signs? Yeah, there's no Dutch on these signs. No. <laughs> now, I went out to, and I forget the, uh, this can be a horrible story. I should probably wait on this story to remember the name of the town. But it's where the, uh, it's out in the, the, the Belgian hop growing region, and there's the uh, well-respected uh, restaurant pub place in, well, Hop Hoppingen? Poppingen? Puppering. Puppering. Yeah. And the, uh, that, that restaurant there that's really good. That, uh. I'm just blanking on. Right that's now. called the Hammelhof. Yeah, Hammelhof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and I coming back to coming back to Bruges from there. It was like, well, the quick way you dip into France and come back into into Belgium on the on the uh, not the autobahn. It's not the freeway. It's the, the manual bond. Autostrasse. Yeah, auto, Autostrada. No, that that would be the, uh, the Autostrasse or whatever the the French or Belgian is for that. But yeah, it's a uh, flat part of the world. Yes. Yeah, that northern part is fairly flat. It's very conducive to bicycle riding, and uh, a lot of people like to uh, uh, beer tour on bikes. Uh, you, you can't see quite as much, you know. It's a little more time-consuming, um, but uh, a lot of people are into it. It's amazing. You can you can ride all the way from the Netherlands to France on a bicycle, and, hmm. and it's relatively flat. Yep. Yeah. I remember uh, being out at St. Sixtus, and seeing the the bike route signs and how many you know the distance to this location, this location, the next town down all the little roads mm -hmm. from our rental car. I, I'd like to point out that a, a GPS makes a big difference. I've toured uh, Europe without one and with one, and it does make a big difference. Yeah, flat with no landmarks can and <laughs> and uh, and roads that don't travel in a nice Cartesian grid can get confusing. Absolutely, you just especially when there's overcast and no sun in the sky. <laughs> You just have to be smarter than your GPS, though, because it has a tendency to want to drag you across farmer's fields and two-track roads and things like that. So if you know you want to get to, say, Major City B for Major City A, sometimes you got to go through Major City A and a half, but you got to program that into your GPS as a via point. Otherwise, you know, you're going off-road in some instances. Huh. Yeah. The first time I've ever I ever rode in a car with the GPS, where the person was following the GPS, we were in downtown Portland, looking to get onto Highway I five South, and I'm like, "That's easy, you do this." Oh no, the GPS doesn't say to do that, and we crossed the Willamette River three times before we got on the freeway. Like, it's like this way back across the bridge, this way back across the bridge, that way. I'm like, all we had to do was do this. Wow, part of the problem with that is, GPS doesn't do well with tall buildings around. <laughs> it, it has, like, uh, brain farts that can cause you to cross a river three times yeah. and recalculate. <laughs> or uh, I remember in Washington, D.C., where, in, you know, this country, traffic circles are rare, but they're not rare in Washington, D.C. And this was a long time ago when it was probably, you know, it was exotic to see GPS. It's not something they hand you at Avis. <laughs> um, and my friend's... Uh, Land Cruiser, as soon as we went into a traffic circle, that thing got pissed off. <laughs> Recalculating. Like, Recalculating. 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 
actually my the fun thing to do is to get in the circle and just go okay keep going no no keep going keep going and pretty soon you've gone all the way around and the person's like where are we supposed to turn like no no just keep going you go around the circle a couple of times just because it's fun yeah you've never done that oh i have okay i have i've done that and shot video on this very trip when we went out to poppingen going around up there's the town that's got the big hop sculpture in the middle of the traffic circle right and uh we went around that twice so i could get video of it from the cars we're driving around this this hop cone statue sometimes it's fun to just keep going around the circle to see how long it takes for your passengers to realize what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) well it depends on whether it's the beginning of the tour or the end of the tour that's right (laughs) we uh. Anyways, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. It's been what years? It's been two years, almost three? two years. Yeah. yeah, we did it. We did the show in the fall, uh, and uh, it was about an hour and a half long. And my microphone was not set correctly. It wasn't. No, I had all kinds of problems with uh, with mm. hearing me huh. later on. So, oops. How, how are the sound levels now? Are Just fine. Good? They're perfect. Okay. Good. Good. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly Double fine. Where are my headphones? Yeah, perfectly fine for the headphones. We just have to check this to make sure that it's uh, going right. We'll just make look over there and go. Yep. Okay. It's got a little green thing. So Castellet is a French beer. It is. It's a French beer. Yeah. 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 It even yeah. has the California. It even has the United States refund sticker on the top. It's very nice. Yeah, it's a good way to start out. It really is. The labels sort of slipped in transit so it seems like I can't even peel it to straight. So how many up. tours do you have on the on the books for this year? I got five of them coming up here. And let me grab my my little cue card here for you. Oh good. <laughs> funny you should ask, John. Well, not funny <laughs> I should ask. No, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good way to go because here's the thing. I've never been there. And I wouldn't even know where to begin. Don't like, oh, okay, so I would probably end up in Antwerp or Bruges or somewhere, and uh, I would just hang out, going to uh, the locals, and maybe stumbling onto something cool. But it's, it's, uh, you know, a tour is definitely something that has my interest because uh, a, I don't have to drive. B, I don't have to figure out where all the stuff is because somebody already knows. And uh, the last thing is, is that I get to go to. Uh, I would get to go to places that I might not that might not normally be accessible to an individual. Absolutely, that's the whole idea behind the tour: is take all the uh, guesswork out of it to make your time uh, there efficient and uh, give you value for your dollar. Yeah, you can try to plan out your own tour and go there, and, and you'll have fun. And but you'll never know how much you missed, right? Just because you have nothing else to compare it to. Well, maybe that's a good thing. I, yeah, it is. <laughs> but but then if you do take a, a structured, organized tour, then you realize, oh my goodness, that we're so glad we did that because we yeah. would have never thought to go there, or it would have just been such a headache or whatever the case. The the real trick to making a successful beer tour is to have uh, structure, but free time mm-hmm. as well. You don't want to drive people too long or too hard, and you got to keep in mind that people are drinking, and so you get tired easier. And uh, there's a lot of fist fights often. And, uh, no, there's no fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> this season, see if you're listening there. Fist fights, uh, but, yeah. Uh, the yeah. tired part. Mostly out. women, though. God, they, they're brawlers. <laughs> oh, now, well, that's like that 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 <laughs> ad, that best ad. You know, tastes great, less filling. The two girls are fighting in the in the, in the ponds. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, as long as that fighting's going on, I'm, yeah, I'm I, all I in. I can't guarantee that. Oh. That's, that's, <laughs> that I mean, it's a possibility, but I don't guarantee it on every tour. So, now it's, it's a lot of fun, uh, but I find that people do need the free time. Mm-hmm. They need time away from the group. We have. Uh, uh, some of our meals together, generally we have like three lunches and three dinners together, and we go to a nice beery place. It has a nice beer selection and oftentimes uh, cooks with beer, uh, or as I like to say, uh, cuisine a la beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're on your own for some meals, too. So uh, it's a lot of fun for me. I enjoy meeting the people. Uh, all sorts of people are interested in beer tours uh, from uh Honeymooners, like I was talking about earlier with right. the off air, to uh, retired people, to uh, you know, people in between. It seems odd to me that somebody would want to spend their honeymoon on a beer tour. I just, it just seems. Well, that, it, that, that, it just, that, it just doesn't seem that, to be I know the normal, that, the normal your, honeymoon. That's your first thought, right? But then you think, it seems like you want to go to an island, or go to the, to uh, the jungle, or go to the dungeon. Oh wait, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. You know, your first thought is that, but then you think it through, and you think, well, no, they, you know, you've got a lot of couples. Uh, especially in their 20s and 30s, who are beer lovers, who are big craft beer fans or import fans, Belgian fans specifically. And, they, you know, they realize it takes time to go on a beer tour, you know, anywhere from 6 to 10 days. And it also takes money. You know, Europe is not inexpensive. And so when they're getting married, oftentimes they've got the free gift from uh, parents or friends of the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They've got the big chunk of time off. Mm-hmm. They've got the love and passion for beer. It's just like it's a perfect storm. Perfect right. storm. Yeah. You know it is, <laughs> and and so they go and, and they love and, passion. and they have a blast. You know, for beer and only, <laughs> they know that uh, we meet in the hotel lobby at ten. We got to be ready to board our transportation and go, and. Uh, you know, as long as they're clothed and ready to go, that's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. stop that. Get a room. <laughs> right, right, right. No, you two are sitting up in the front seat of the bus today. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the interesting thing, though, is uh, um, did you ever see that Alan Alda movie? Uh, I think it was called The Four Seasons. Yes. It's about these couples. They, every year they do trips together, and then the one guy got divorced and married this younger woman, and it was you know, it created a whole different dynamic on right. the trip. Well, the, the jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what what's nice about having a honeymoon couple or two on the tour is that it 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 you know it puts love back in the air and it relights the fire in relationships and uh, and so retired people they just fall in love all over again. So it's kind of contagious. And awesome. you mix that with some high octane beer, and, yeah. and go. life is good. The farmhouse uh, comes alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's a love connection. <laughs> yeah. A love connection. <laughs> How well, come yeah. love connection isn't one of your tours? Oh wait, the Lonely Monks Trappist tour. I can't think of a more. I might change the name of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's doing a show now. Now that's my longest tour. That's ten days, and nine nights, and we visit all seven of the Trappist breweries. That's ambitious. It that is. Good. It is, and uh, and then we also visit some other breweries. Because you have to the go way. all over to the country to get that. We so. do. We crisscross the country, and then we head up into the Netherlands for uh, an overnight to visit uh, La Trappe. In the United States, but no, it's Koenigsheuvel. We have the quad here mm-hmm. this afternoon. Um, amazingly enough, uh, and people don't often realize this, Belgium's a relatively small country. <coughs> I mean, it's only three hours across driving at its widest point. So, ne- just to put this in perspective, Nebraska takes four. 
all Nebraska probably takes more than that. No, it takes four hours to go from one end of Nebraska to the other. That's all? Yeah. Seems longer than that. Oh, I, I think Nebraska might be longer than that. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, I'm because Nebraska's yeah. east-west. Th- Nebraska's wider than California. Wait, wait, wait. I was, I'm thinking of Wyoming, and I was going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Because, like, in Montana, it takes, like, 12 hours to drive across. So it's a To put long. it in more perspective for the Bay Area driver, it takes three hours to get from here to Reno. There you so, go. So Belgium basically is no wider than San Francisco to Reno. Right, but no change required. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> no yeah. mountains to go over. So. Right. No, uh, no California checkpoint to go across. Exactly. But do you have oranges? No. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any fruit at all? Well, the guy next to me is—he's a fruit. Would you want him? <laughs> but up, bump. But I need to get a little monkey that can do that, like a yeah. little stuffed monkey, and I push the button, and goes dunk dunk. He gets more of that than Mike. He likes so you, we that. miss Zythos, yeah. I see. Yeah. So no Zythos. That's gone. That's next year. So if right. you want that, you right. got In fact, speaking of honeymoon couples, I just had an email from a guy uh, the other day saying, hey, we're planning a honeymoon. We're thinking about doing your uh, – your, uh, it looks like Zythos. We pronounce it Zitos. Zitos. Oh, Zitos. And um, – and they want to know the dates for it for next year, so I got to nail those down. And and that's that's a good point. Also, I'd like to bring up is that I offer these five tours a year, and each one of them is at roughly the same time each year, so that people can plan years ahead mm-hmm. to go. I'm so, holding the card up to the camera right. So now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ardennes, 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 Ardennes. Yeah. See, I never know with these these names, whether it's both names, both syllables you're supposed to have. But it, it is confusing. My uh, my sister and brother-in-law, there's a uh, did a tour. Uh, there's a book. It's before and after pictures. It's famous pictures of World War II and what's there now at that exact same point. And they did this tour going to Spa. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're they're race fans, so they had to go visit Spa, mm-hmm. and they went through the Ardennes and did this, this. They go, it's amazing. You just get this book, you go to the corner, and it's like here's a scene from this, you know, horrific battle in World War II. And it's this cute little country gas station now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read these just so that we can <clears throat> everybody has an idea. So it's the the Ardennes Mountain Spring Beer Tour. Ardennes. That's- Okay, say it in your peppy, peppy Le Pure voice. Pretend you have a black, uh, a white stripe oh, down your baby, back. Baby, the Ardennes Mountain <laughs> Spring Tour beer. <laughs> the best damn farmhouse ale tour of Belgium and France. 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 Yep, that's October 11 through 16. That's six days, five nights. The Lonely Monks Trappist Tour. Ten days, nine nights. And it's Essen, right? Yeah. Not Esan? Essen. Essen. Yeah. Christmas beer tour, Dece, December fifteenth through the twentieth. Yeah, that, that's a really great tour, and let me that's tell you why. Fun. Because for uh, like uh, four or five days leading up to this Essen Christmas beer festival, we visit a bunch of different breweries, and then uh, it all culminates for this Christmas beer festival in this little town of Essen, just outside of uh, Antwerp. And they have all these amazing Christmas beers, a lot of one-of-a-kind Christmas beers you won't see anywhere else. They're made especially for the festival. They all come together in this one spot. And we were talking about this earlier, too, that one of the things I like about Belgian beer festivals is most of them are pay-as-you-go. So it's not mm-hmm. like you pay 30 bucks and it's like, go! <laughs> and then there's right. a bunch of glasses breaking in the last half that hour of the, the event. That is the stupidest thing. Yeah. Why would you smash your glass? I don't know. 
I, I don't know that people do it on purpose. I think a lot of times it just happens. Oh no! The the thing that happens so is, is that somebody will take. This is why the uh, the glassware is disappearing from the festivals. Is that these guys get done at the end and there's no more beer, and so they throw the glass down on the on the ground and it goes, and glass shards go everywhere. Yeah, that's uh, another thing they do in Belgium that's interesting is they have glassware, and uh, you you rent the glass for I don't know, let's say five euros. And at the end of the festival, if you want to keep it, you can as a uh-huh. souvenir. Or if you don't, you can just return it. And then they use the same glasses every year, and it cuts uh. down on the cost. It also cuts down on malicious abuse of glasses because people want their five euros back. Exactly. So. Well, you know, because five euros is five euros, right? That's, right. That's another beer somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> well, this all sounds really fun. It is. It is. I, I tried to design tours. Some of them, like three of these tours are six day five nights and uh the trappist tour is 10 days and the arden mountain spring beer tour is nine days so depending on how much time and money you have or deans you can uh, <laughs> or deans <laughs> did you hear john <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i couldn't resist i couldn't resist so no worries no depending on how much time and money you have uh, there's something for everybody and i'd like to also point out that all these tours have themes to them but just because it's the farmhouse ale tour doesn't mean that's the only beer you're going to get. Because we're obviously going by a lot of other interesting breweries along the way that we stop at. So uh, don't feel like, well, I'm not going to see any Trappist breweries because we're doing farmhouse. Well, I, you know, we'll, you'll see a little bit. But you can do that. You can go. You can do both. Right. And also, look at this. It's 11th through the 25th. You have the the combined tour. Yeah. How um, did that happen? You mean with the farmhouse and the and? Did you plan that? I did. Yeah, yeah. I, the farmhouse ale tour and the lonely monks are back to back, and that's so that if you want to do both of them back to back, you could. Because it's like the secret tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, there is. is there a discount there? Is there a discount? <laughs> so, yeah, you don't have to fly. You don't have, have to fly, fly there twice. <laughs> I, I, can, I can work something out for you, Mike. Yeah. All right, all right. But yeah, the whole idea is you're spending uh, you know twelve hundred bucks to fly over there or whatever. Why not do both tours back to back? Oh yeah. So. Yeah, well, okay. very observant so, of you to pick up on I'm that. I'm just looking at this going, well, this reminds me of this um, dive trip we used to do. And it was basically the secret 10-day trip. You just signed up for both five days. Oh. Nobody, because it was two different clubs. And so you had to go with one scuba club on one part of the trip and another scuba club. But it was the, the 10-day trip. Yeah. And by the end of the fourth day, you were really relaxed because you knew that there were six more days coming up. Nice. It was really fun. But anyway, I can just imagine that from this because, oh, you, yeah. you know, you just get in the groove of, of the trip and you don't feel like you have to rush through it. Exactly. And that also you can, uh, from, I assume you start in it in Brussels because that's where the airport is? Correct. Um, on either end of this, you can sort of do self-guided up to Amsterdam if you want to hang out and pretend you're a coffee house person. Or... Uh, over to Cologne and Dusseldorf, and each of them, with the two high-speed lines open now, Amsterdam is, what, probably an hour, hour and a half away on the train, and Cologne and Dusseldorf are probably about the same. Yeah. Maybe two hours to, to Cologne, a little bit more to Dusseldorf. So you can carry on uh, two more destinations uh, on the end of your, or you can go romantic time in Paris, because in Brussels, you're really in the middle of all that. Just an that, hour or two in each direction. I encourage people who take my tours to come over a few days early to get used to the uh, time and the jet lag. And uh, so when the tour starts, everyone's fresh and ready to go because yeah. you don't want to walk around like a zombie for the first two days of your tour. That's no fun. And Especially on the shorter ones because you're probably on a more intense schedule. Right. And, and then afterwards, I encourage people that 
do just what you said, stay in Europe. You know, take a train over to Amsterdam or Germany or down to Paris. It's all very doable, very user-friendly. Um, it's hard to get in trouble. There's always someone there that can help you out, give you directions. And, uh, you know, while you're over there, you may as well check yeah. other stuff out. Exactly. Or go to Cantillon or any of the other. I mean, you can do a couple of days in Brussels to, you know. Right. Continue dancing around the, the Belgian beer theme. And, and the key to Brussels is to be there on the weekend because uh, the European Union and the European Commission and NATO, all that stuff is out of session on weekends, so the hotel rooms are much more affordable. Oh. You do not want to be there on a weekday because the hotel rates are much higher. That's interesting. All, all Whereas, the, although I found both Monday and Sunday places can be closed, depending yeah, on what right. I've got. I've spent a Sunday there where it's like F. Well. Walk this place <laughs> F. It's it's not every place, but there are a couple of places that both either Sunday or Monday are closed, and that's so plan ahead. You never know. Uh, see, now Bruges is the opposite. You don't want to be there on weekends because the room rates are much higher. You want to be there. there. You right. want you want to be there during uh, uh, midweek. And and, and uh, motors talking about places being closed. That uh, that's the Belgian tradition, just to keep you on your toes. Just because the website <laughs> says they're open these days and these hours doesn't mean anything. You can show up at a, a brewery and uh, or tap room and they got a sign, had to take my kid to soccer today, sorry. Well, wait a minute, we just came you know, from the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look at you and go, see how much more happy and relaxed we are, though? <laughs> they are, they are. Yeah, here's something else I find fascinating about uh, beer culture and, and Belgium and the whole attitude is, is yeah, it's like they, they know they have good beer uh, as a whole, an exceptional beer, arguably the best in the world. But whenever you run into just uh, common citizens in a, a beer cafe, that's what they call their bars, beer cafes or taverns, uh, they're always amazed that Americans would come this far to uh, for a beer tour. It, it, I guess the analogy would be like, let's say, uh, uh, San Francisco, let's say, it was famous for having uh, really great, uh, well, I don't know, like vacuum cleaners or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, we know we have a decent vacuum cleaner. <coughs> and then you find there's a group of uh, Belgians over here that came on a vacuum cleaner tour. You'd be like, what? That just seems out of sync so or odd. So what do Belgians go on tour for? Yeah, amazingly enough, not for beer. they go to places that are sunny. Because they, <laughs> they do. They, they go to the Caribbean, the Canary Islands, South America, and Latin America. That's where they go because they want sun. Uh, and, and Belgium is, uh, I, on the whole, the citizens are doing quite well. There's, it's a very industrial country. People have good jobs. And so they're making money where they can travel a little bit and have a good quality of life. Now, when yeah. I worked at the brew pub in San Jose, the Gordon Beer's brew pub in San Jose, uh, we did have, and it was totally off the wall, not planned. I was there by myself. The brewer had left for the day, and I'm there by myself. It's like 3 p.m., and the, the restaurant manager comes down and goes, we got these guys in. They're firefighters from Belgium, and they want to see the brewery. Mm-hmm. Can we give them a tour? I said, well, yeah, I guess so. And they, they, most of them... A few of them spoke English. Most of them did not speak English, or they didn't let me know they spoke English. A few of them did speak English, and they talked to me about the brewery, and they would translate for everybody else. And they were very nice, very hospitable. But they came in their full uniforms. Yeah, <laughs> of 
they're, wow. they're, they're, they're not their turnout stuff, but their 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 badge, their shirt, their their dress uniform from the fire station in in Belgium. I thought well, uh, they, do they all do all firefighters in Belgium go on tour in their uniforms? Were they here for a conference or <laughs> they something? They were here for some kind of conference. Okay. Yeah. Or, 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 a, or a, a sister city, San Jose, yeah. Belgian uh, exchange. But they were here for some kind of sort of conference, yes. You know, what that tells me is, uh, and this is indicative of the, the people of Belgium, is very proud people. They're very proud. Uh, there's not a lot of national pride in that. You, you, you rarely see Belgian flags flying anywhere while you're there, but very regional. You know, the, the Flemish people in the north who speak Flemish, which is essentially Dutch, mm-hmm. uh, very proud of their region. And then the Walloons in Wallonia in the south, French-speaking, very proud of their region. And then even within a region, there's a lot of rivalry between uh, uh, towns and cities and a lot of uh, kind of infun joking, dumb town jokes and that kind of thing. But uh, as a nation, they're not united behind the flag. And what I did find, uh, what I, what I mean, what I found in, it, that endeared them to me was that you think, okay, these guys, these are guys from Belgium. Mm-hmm. They're firefighters in Belgium. Uh, they must know something about beer. But they had questions. They had. They, they seemed interested. They seemed excited about what I was telling them about the, the different hops we use, the different uh, mm-hmm. malts that we use, the sort of thing, how we made our beer. Why is our mash tun so small? Well, this this, this bigger mash tuns make different beer. They had all kinds of questions, and that well, I thought these guys come from a, a, a beer capital. They should know all this stuff. But they were interested in what we were doing here as well. So they made me feel like I was doing something worthwhile for them because they were interested in what I was doing as opposed to like, we know all that stuff already. We're just here to see them just to, to drink beer. They were they were equally, eager, actually eager to find out what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I liked that about them. Yeah, that was good. Because oftentimes people are just taking the tour to get to the hospitality no, department. They really, they really yeah. want to know what was going on. Well, no GB, GB San Jose is also sort of a funky setup because it was originally built as another brew pub, and yes. it's an old, It's as brew pubs go, it's an old brew pub. It's an old brew pub, yeah. And so, yeah, you've got the stuff in the basement, and then the fermenters that pop up into the into the bar area. It's a different, different layout, yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it encourages comment, but uh, these guys were actually interested in what I was doing, and uh, I thought that was uh, it's gratifying. quite sure. nice. Quite nice yeah. I have to find, I know I have a Beers Brasserie uh, coaster, and I might have a Beers Brasserie shirt, it's too. Probably still one out there sometimes. Probably on eBay. <laughs> Call Meg. <laughs> she found the <me> gal one. <laughs> so we're drinking a beer that appears as number eight on the Beer School Top 25 list of beers. So I made a I made a, a, a list to make fun of all the beer lists, and number eight is a goose. Mm-hmm. It's like, pick, find a goose, drink it, you'll really, really like it. Yes. I promise. <laughs> And this one is really accessible. Yeah, it is. And it shows its it Belgian is. pride by having the Belgian flag on the uh, the neck wrap. It's uh, got the uh, Belgian family or Belgian family brewers uh, sticker on the side. And this is Goose Fond Tradition by Castile. Is that right? It is by uh, Castle Brewing. Yeah, I went there last time I was in Belgium, and this is interesting to me. The you know, Castile makes some great beers, but they're not set up for tourism at the brewery themselves. We kind of showed up. Uh, uh, this was uh, before a tour started. I was scouting out some new possibilities, and they uh, they just weren't set up for visitors. They had a, like a little private hospitality room that they used for I think distributors and corporate type people, and they 
they found somebody who could speak English to come down and talk to me, and we had some beers and we talked. And then we walked down the block to see the actual castle of Castile. Mm. And, uh, but they're a little behind the eight ball on setup for visitors. But that's all changing. That's all changing. You know, they're, 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 they're starting to figure it out that, hey, when people come here, they want to go to the source and drink beer and learn about it and take mm-hmm. a tour. This is quite good. It is. It's, uh, it's not the, uh, the over-the-top farmhouse. That a lot of this style. It doesn't inspire an immediate pucker. Exactly. It's not too sour. Like Motors said, it's accessible. It's probably a good, uh, you know, gateway goose. <laughs> yeah, unlike dude goose. Now, are all the uh, most Belgian beers are they bottle conditioned or are they are they not bottle conditioned? Most of them are bottle conditioned. And for the listeners out there, as they probably know, it means they add a little bit of uh, yeast and sugar to continue the fermentation process. And uh, as a result, a lot of these beers can be aged for years. Any beer that's maybe 7.5% alcohol and above, you can age for years. And it gets better. Uh, as Americans, we're conditioned to think, oh, beer in a bottle is not as good as draft beer. but with Or beer in a can, <laughs> like right. delicious watermelon wheat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ka-ching, that's another $5. <laughs> <laughs> Just the opposite with Belgian beer. The bottled beer will probably be better than the draft beer. Yeah. So, and um, uh, over in Belgium, you rarely see draft beer. It's just not that common. It's mostly bottles. Well, my next question, on, the, on these tours that you go on like in northern France and in Belgium, mm-hmm. when you go to the beer bars, let's say, are yeah. most of the beers they have there, are they in bottles or are they on draft? Bottles. 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 Yeah. Along, well, um, uh, Trappist is, you know, you get the binder. You go into the, you go into the the beer cafes. It's like here's our binder. And when I was traveling, I was sort of looking at how they um, how they used how they lined the how they organized their binder. And a lot of times it was alphabetically by brewery. That doesn't really tell you anything if you're looking <laughs> for a specific beer. Uh, some I actually like the one that they did by region. Because um, you could <coughs> sort of learn specialties in each region, or what turns up a lot in each region, or by style. But this is a place. This is sort of a thing. Some of the binders will be like inch, inch and a half. I think when you go to the there was a place in Liège. I forget the name of that was open twenty four hours a day, and they had a binder that was probably an inch and a half thick, like fifteen hundred beers, most all in bottles. Usually draft you get the you get the usual um, Jupiler, which I they need to have on at the Trappist. That's the one thing they're missing from being completely authentic is having a crappy Jupiler on draft, <laughs> which is the 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 more Belgian uh, virgin version of uh, stupid Stella Artois. Okay. It's my beer school lesson for everybody: don't drink Stella. There's always something better. Have a bud instead of Stella. Always something better. <laughs> it never fails. I, I run into somebody and uh, I tell them that I have this company, Belgian Beer Me, and I lead beer tours to Belgium, and I teach Belgian beer appreciation classes. And they're like, oh, I've had Belgian beer. I'm like, oh, okay. And at this point, you don't know where they're going. Belgium produces more than 500 varieties of beer, of beer by about 100 breweries. But quite often they go, oh, I've had Stella. And I said, well, if you've had Stella, and I'm not taking anything away from it, but I'm just saying, if, you have, if you've had Stella, you really haven't had Belgian beer because there's so much more out there. No, and 
getting onto a, a pilsner kick. I mean, the thing with the thing with the only problem with, with European pilsners is that like same problem that we would have with American pilsners being shipped over to Europe is that pilsner has everything stripped from it because it's, it's the style that's necessary. Yeah. All the it's been filtered to death. All the yeast, everything's been taken out of it. All the bio products have been taken out of it. So it's, no sea monkeys. It's, no sea monkeys. It's only going to be as good as it is right now. And then that's as good as it's going to get. So, and nothing against the beer makers anywhere in the world, but beer makers, because beer is heavy, it has to be shipped by the slowest, cheapest route possible, which is maybe a month, two months mm-hmm. on a ship container all the way from France, Belgium, Germany, wherever it's coming from. And you don't get to pick where that container sits. No, you don't. And it's not refrigerated. So by the time that fr- that that... that Stella or whatever it is gets to you, it may actually be six months old. And I don't mean six months old from the time it was brewed. I mean six months old from the time it was bottled, and it's got nothing to protect it. And it's been subjected to piers, yeah. docks, heat, cold, light, what have you, uh, and it's got nothing to protect it. Whereas, uh, I would imagine that bottled beers, bottled conditioned beers from Belgium would be a better or more indicative of what yeah. the product is in Belgium than it is. Than, than say a pilsner from Europe would be right. once it gets to this shore. That, that's my my beef with uh, Trader Joe's is uh, the way they take care of their beer, uh, and and that's my message to you, Trader Joe's. If your corporate people are out there, uh, go to the next level. Let's get some coolers. Some coolers, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you guys specialize in these great <coughs> food lines and cater to a certain type of clientele, and we want uh, beer that is uh, taken care of better. And you guys could do it. You got the money to do it now. So there's your challenge, Trader Joe's. You know, their they're incredibly cheap Pilsner in cans is pretty good. Oh, yeah, that is good beer. We gotta have. We should have that on when we do our... Mm-hmm. our because the, 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 they have two. They have the lager and the Pilsner. I always forget. I think it's the Pilsner I like better. It's like two ninety nine dollars 6 Not to throw this well, all off. You should do a totally cheapest-ass beer... Oh, that's that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're talking about. We're going to do... Yeah. We're gonna, well, we're, we've got the... Uh, we could do two of these. We've got the PBR Hams Oli Old Milwaukee Show. Too bad Regal Select went out of business a few years ago. <laughs> Thirty-nine cents for a quart. <laughs> and then, uh, no, we we could do the we could do just do a straight tra- Trader Joe's beer tasting. We could do because that Orange Boom or whatever they have, mm-hmm. that's not that bad. just do like the Trader <laughs> beer can, the Trader Joe's canned beer tasting. Well, show. The, that that Whit beer that's in the blue and yellow. Yeah, that's the one I think yeah, I was yeah. talking about. That's actually very good. Yeah, just do the Trader Joe's beer show. All right, you guys can find show this. planning on the air. Of course, that's what we do. Nice. And you know, I'm in charge of. I'm the Cicerone, I guess. So we're we're switching. We've uh, we've we've gone into into sour. So now we're going to stay in the sour. Ah, oh, good idea. I really like this. This uh, this goose beer is not the goose is very nice. It doesn't have the horse blanket, the pucker, the bugs bunny, any of those. No, but I, there's nothing nothing wrong with a little Bretomyces. This is no, no. I'm not saying that there is. I'm just saying that this this is possibly one of the most access, accessible. To me, this is a clean sour beer. Most sour beers have some something beyond the sour going on, and it's kind of the sour might be a little overpowering. This is very clean. <laughs> Straightforward cutting, cutting through. Nothing else going on here, and that, but it's a lightly done sour. So to me, it's, it's very refreshing. Hard to believe that somebody who's worked at a German and an Austrian brewery would come out and talk about clean. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's hard to believe. You guys are all the same. <laughs> we look alike, too. <laughs> you look nothing like Brendan. <laughs> you know, the, the sour beer description is very American. The Belgians don't like to use the word sour. They prefer to use the word tart. Tart, yes. Oh, okay. they think sour uh, makes turns people off, especially potential people who've never had any kind of uh, Lambic or Goose. So you, you almost never hear him say sour. It's a very American way it's of American describing thing. it. It's American thing. Well, yes. tart is probably... I, I would describe... There's two kinds of... of, of well, to use the word. Perky words. Young Blondes can be described as tart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or sour. Or sour. No, there's, there, it's, two, it's two different things. Tart is one flavor and sour is another. Uh, and I wouldn't describe uh, that goose as tart. Not in not it doesn't have the sharp things that that remind me of tart. Shut up! You're a sense. tart. To me, <laughs> this is just, this is me. To me, tart always has a semblance uh, has 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 a small amount of sweetness to it. Right. Something can be tart. But there is somewhere like a, a sweet power, tart, a, a, a sweetness to it. Yeah. Whereas sour is total is just strictly it, clear and clean and, and fresh and cut through. It's, it's all sour. The, the other term they use uh, right alongside a tart is acidic. Acidic, yeah, like a vinegar, like a vinegar. Yeah, but they really they just you just never hear them say sour. That's for just whatever a, reason. It's a cultural yeah. thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. And, huh. and I'll tell you what uh, I'm amazed at how um, sour beers are. Catching on and popular. About the first four or five times I had a, a goose or a lambic, I thought there was something drastically wrong with it, and I thought, oh, I just got a bad bottle, or uh, how could people be drinking this? But then right. I'd be drinking it with people who were in the know, who understood it, and they were fans, and I, I knew there was something there. And then my palate matured. It did, and now I really, and I'm fascinated by the intricacies of them, and. Um, and, and the challenges that went into making it, and the nostalgia behind this ancient style, and it's very fascinating. You know? It is. Well, I I just want to say that for the people who don't know what tart, sour, challenging beers, what a challenging beer that can be. You know, you, you look at the bottle list, and a lot of times a goose will be $25, $40, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're using the wine analogy of expensive equals better, uh, you buy that bottle, and it comes to your table, and you're, you're trying it, and you don't like it at all because it's not what – it doesn't have that wine characteristic of reassuringly expensive or expensive mm-hmm. is better or whatever those – whatever the, the – whatever the anal- – whatever – Whatever you're bringing over from your wine experience mm-hmm. doesn't work here, and so uh, I just wonder how many bottles have been sent back <laughs> that the staff ended up drinking because this person was using that and got surprised. I know what you're saying. I, I've noticed that in American establishments, if I order a goose and I get a bartender or, or waiter or waitress <laughs> who's been around and hit what's going on, they'll ask me. They'll say, "Have you had one of these before?" Oh yeah. Just to make sure that I'm not that guy that's gonna go, What's <laughs> this? And send it back. <laughs> and, then, and then they'll say, Now you know this is sour and then that's all yeah, I know. I'm, and then they're like, Okay, cool. But they don't want to crack open that cork if Mm-mm. it's somebody who just thought it sounded like a neat name on the menu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just walk in and throw down your card. Who do you think I am? You don't know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> you obviously don't know who you're talking to. 
Well, think about, uh, to me, the, th- the interesting thing about sour beers is that you know, when it first came out, I was hesitant. I mean, when the, I had a goose before in my life, but I was not real. Being a IPA pale ale kind of guy, I was not real thrilled with the the goose when it first became available here in the United States. But when other brewers locally started making sour beers, and my wife and I would go to these places, uh, I would have the IPA or I would have the, what I would want or I'd have what the, whatever the seasonal was. Mm-hmm. My wife would say, well, what's, because she gets bored real fast with, with beer. Um, she wants something different all the time. I'm the kind of guy who I'll, I can have the same beer. She sounds like a man. Six months in a row and be happy. She wants something different each time she comes to a brew pub. Yeah. So she said, well, what's, what's different here? What's different there? And one time I had her have a sour beer, thinking that she would not like it. She loves sour beers. Mm-hmm. And she's introduced all her friends to who, who drink beer to sour beers. And I, these are all women who drink Chardonnay. Yes. And I asked my wife one time, I said, why do you like, what makes this better than, let's say, a Sierra Nevada Pale Because that's what she used to drink all the time. Now she drinks a lot of sour beers. I said, why did you, what makes this better than a Sierra Nevada Pale Because it tastes like Chardonnay. She says it reminds me of wine. Yeah, so I, I like, I like that wine. It's complex. It's interesting. Idea, you know. She says I like I like a beer. That's great that it's a beer. I love that. But she says I like the the the, the tingle of of, yeah. of the Chardonnay in my mouth, and that reminds wow. me I of Chardonnay. I don't. I don't. Well, Chardonnay can be tart. It can be tart. Yes. And she says, she's not saying it's exactly like a Chardonnay. She right. says it's it's a wine tasting beer. And she oh, says she okay. kind of likes that mm-hmm. thing where she's getting like a, a a bottle of beer, but it's got like a, like a wine crossover somewhere in her somewhere in her mind. She I has a crossover saying. where this is a wine as well as beer. I, I find two things. I find that women will gravitate to sour beers quicker than men. I think so too. Think and so secondly, too. Uh, people who consider themselves wine drinkers but not so much beer drinkers will gravitate. To a sour beer and really like it. Mm-hmm. So, what, what a my experience. great segue for the next beer we're having. Oh yeah, so this is a Monk's Cafe, <laughs> and it is a uh, Flemish sour ale. I was gonna say there's a little bit of horse blanket in this for you, John. Yeah, there's a little horse blanket going on, uh, and uh, it's in a little bottle. Uh, not much to say about it. I forget who brews somebody. I forget who brews it for him in Belgium. This was Van Steenbergen. Okay, and these are the same guys who their flagship brands are uh, Pirat and Golden Drock. Hmm. Oh, really? Okay. There's a lot of sweet in this. Yeah, it smells sweet. like maple syrup. If I you know. If, you, if you smell it, this is definitely a sweet. This is made for Fergus Carey and Tom Peters, who are the founders and creators of the famous Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia. And uh, they contract brewed with uh, Van Steenburge to have this in their establishments in the Philadelphia area. They have more than one. And uh, now it's national. Right on. Good for them. Yeah, and this is, this is another uh, great uh, uh, gateway uh, sour beer. Rose is very nice. I like this a lot. There's a lot. Uh, uh, it sm- to me, it smells, the, the nose is sweet. But the body is not sweet, so it's like it's two things going on. It's got a very well, the very, very, very beginning of it. You can just taste, like Motor said, the the maple syrup. Maple, yes. This is um, this is actually sweeter than the last bottle of this I've had. I think they may have sweetened it up a little bit, but this is somewhat comparable to the uh, Duchess de de Bourgogne. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes. uh, Not quite as not not as good as the Duchess. No, Duchess is is better. A lot more apple. Well, I mean, I'm going to say you have to be 
you can't really say the Duchess is better because some people don't like the Duchess and they would love this. And I call those people morons. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the Duke. At, that was the Duke after the divorce. <laughs> he's still bitter. <laughs> he's still. Bitter. He's still. You know, I'd he, like to have. He's ascetic and tired. Can we throw a mic out the window? Yeah. Because they were doing tequila, and I was really getting into it. <laughs> what is that music out there? There's a there's a, there's a private club next door. Yeah, it's a quote yacht club, although <laughs> boat club. You go in. Are you a member? It. No, we can give you a temporary temporary membership for five dollars, and then all the beer is like two fifty. Yeah, and they have the right. If you look right out that window, there's a band playing right outside that window. Well, hell, why don't you do the show from over there? Yeah. They have Radaburger. <laughs> yeah, that's right, they do. <laughs> Beer school is as yes. Close you're to allowed to go look. Beer school is <laughs> as, as close to Radarburger as you could get. <laughs> Next beer school, we'll be wearing our, our white uh, uh, pants and uh, our, our deck shoes. And yes. <laughs> now I was going to go over there uh, two weeks ago. It was the uh, Eclampus Fidus Year for Buena Ones oh, in and yeah, out yeah. ceremonies. Oh. If you were wondering what was going on there two weeks ago on a Saturday, oh. starting at like nine in the morning. Two weeks ago on a Saturday, I was moving. Ah. My, uh, I got evicted from my flat because my old roommate wanted his boyfriend to move in. <laughs> and evicted isn't really and you the word. Evicted because no, it wasn't really evicted. It was more like, uh, can you go find a new place to live? I'm like, uh, okay. Okie dokie. Yeah, because I really don't need the. The visual of that, yeah. You know, sword fighting. Sword fighting, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm curious about, uh, did you guys have any kind of handle on your demographic and and how far around the globe you reach and that kind of thing? Um, yeah, well, uh, let's see. You know what? So this is interesting. I used to be, uh, I used to be, really concerned or not concerned but i used to follow the stats of the show like baseball cards mm-hmm. or uh, like baseball players because i really wanted to know and now i kind of don't care okay i mean i kind of do i mean i do but i don't and so i don't follow them all the time like i did we have roughly the same number of listeners uh, that's there predominantly in the united states uh and then it trickles down to uh english-speaking countries after that and so there's a few people that listen in in uh, in uh, IP addresses that I can determine to be Belgium and France and and uh, Quebec. Because <laughs> well, yeah, as I look out the window here, I I think it's such a beautiful sunny day here in San Francisco. It is, <laughs> and this local. and we're recording on March 14th. Yeah. Not snowing, not <laughs> raining, and this little club it, next door. We're sitting out there in their shorts and tank tops, and yeah. enjoying the sun. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of times people probably wonder what it's like here as we sit around and talk. And it's just amazing that that is going on here. It's it's, it's beautiful. Well, on on uh, on Friday, I think it was. I, I got a little sad. I, I said goodbye to the rain. Friday was because I rain. think that I think that was probably about the end of the rain. Friday was the last rain, I think. Yes, that was a nice rain. Like I said, we got our California seasons. So rainy, summer, summer, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> what season is it? Fire season, earthquake season. Small, no, earthquake it's season, earthquake weather. No, it's earthquake, earthquake weather. weather not fire earthquake. is a season. Earthquake. Right. Earthquake. Earthquake is weather. Right. Earthquake is weather. Right. And then let's see: fire, rain, uh, wind. There's That's the more Southern California. Mudslides, mudslides, and uh, mudslide season follows fire season. <laughs> if you have because you add rain on top of fire season, you get mudslides. 
if you need Wi-Fi, the password is. Uh, no, I, I actually what I was doing was, was I created a little slideshow oh, on cool. my tours, and I know that. Well, That's good radio. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the show would be great for radio. Just hold it up close to the microphone. They can see it. Hold it up close. Well, while it's you're true. looking that up, I'm going to ask you a, a question or actually make a statement. Um, I've been on bus tours that have been the suck. Yeah. Like, please just let me off this thing. I can't be off. I can't be on my way fast enough. So what what... what what do you do to make sure that that doesn't happen? That's a good question. And this is a question I get a lot because people are like, well, if I go on a tour, are we going to be herded around like cats and 60 people on a bus? And no, not at all. I mean, my tours are designed for about 5 to 14 people. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's usually good. on the smaller end. It's more of a van than a bus. Exactly. So yeah. not a, it's a short bus, but not really. Yeah, no. Oh, good, good. And I'm not implying yeah. anything by the short bus. No, I'm not either. <laughs> Can we take turns driving the bus? <laughs> and we do often, Mike. Don't think we don't. Okay, good, good. No. I, I, I would love that. I would love that. This is the bus driver's favorite, favorite Abbey. So somebody has to drive from here. Abbey no. <laughs> But these are small tours, and we have flexibility. And um, it, it, if we collectively decide as a group we want to substitute something for something, we can do that. Oh, fun. Or if we're in one spot for two nights at a time, like we often are, um, and you or your spouse want to opt out of that day's events, you have the freedom to do that. So if you have a non-beer drinking spouse or someone who's not into as much as you are, you're still going to have fun. It's like all kinds of shopping and flea markets and look, honey, it's the lace museum. And, <laughs> and not just like lace, but you know, just this incredible art that's in Belgium. And, yeah, my wife would like that. Or, or also uh, World War One, World War Two buffs. There's a hell of a lot of history yeah, yeah. on these oh, tours. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, where's the Itonians? And I and I try to include uh, some a war museum on every tour as well. Okay. Do you ever go to the trench museum outside of Bruges? I haven't been, but it looks fascinating. I've never been to the Trench Museum, but I've seen uh, pictures of it. I've been to the World War One Museum and uh, Epers and one in Bastogne. There's actually a bunch of them around Bastogne. Yeah, fascinating. Even to people who are not students of history, yeah. I guarantee you, you will be amazed. How'd you like to spend six months here? This is no, your, really, yes. right here. In a hole. In a hole. Yeah, I lived in a hole. <laughs> Did I answer your question about this? So this is not a big bus tour. This is more uh, personal, intimate, right. flexible. you got free time. you got some structure. There's efficiency to it, but at the same time, you don't feel like you're being rushed. And, uh, you know, there, there are some days where we have full day, full day activities. Uh-huh. And there will be other days where you're more on your own. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, you know, because the... Part of most people's bus experience, for at least from a beer tour point of view, will be the gray, not the Greyhound, but the thing that the big, uh, right. the big line. tour gray line, gray right? right? The, and every, there's 60 people on it, and you're going to hit five breweries that day, and you're in and out, and you, no. it's a whirlwind. We rarely see more than two in one day, and um, I don't. I'm, my company is so small, we're not even thinking about using coaches. Uh, coaches. You, know, you can't just put 10 people on a coach and drive around Belgium. And you can, but it, it costs a lot more. Okay. And it's wasteful. You, know, you just can't show up in some small village and have 10 people get off a coach designed for 50. Uh, That'll scare them. Well, it, also, it does, there's, yeah. I mean, there's, there's just the logistics of 
you've got a big bus and <coughs> I'm sure there are a lot of situations where you're on a tight little road and the guy's got to... Yeah, remember the first 21A bus and the guy got off the freeway at the wrong place in Healdsburg and turned uh, down a, uh, turned down a uh, turned down a dead end street. I'm that like, was, that's not the way to go. And the guy the guy was following his GPS and turned into a one way street and the bus had to do like a 73 yeah. point turn. Uh, yeah, it was it, was it was it was so if you take, it was Austin Powers turning the the golf cart in the <laughs> and so if you take you know if you traveled in Europe all the roads are narrower and when you get in the countryside the roads are especially narrow so kind of I can imagine right. I mean there are places where you probably couldn't turn a bus you're you're absolutely right and the national pastime of Belgium is the highway detour <laughs> so you want to have the flexibility and mobility of a smaller vehicle to get around well 14 and it's easier to see out of 14 is about I mean, you wouldn't want to be bigger than that because you would overwhelm some of these smaller places. Right. So, um, what uh, what we typically do is we use nine passenger, big nine passenger vans, uh-huh. and so that gives you a little, plenty of room for luggage and beer and people, so you're not crowded. And then, um, if it ever got to the point where we had to go beyond uh, that number, then we would just move to a smaller uh, minibus of like 19 passengers that's still maneuverable and efficient. Yeah. Those are nice rides. Yeah. So, anyways, I I have this slideshow, and I don't want to just play it to complete silence, but I thought that we might be able to look at it, and then I could kind of narrate it along the way, and you guys would be watching it, and I could tell the listeners what they're looking at. You want to try this? Yeah, let's try it for a little bit. We've never had... It's only like four minutes long. Okay, we've never had a... We can always cut it if it doesn't work. Yeah, because we're going to know right away if it's not working, right? Yeah, exactly. And do you have it someplace that we could link to it, so... uh yeah, it's going to be on. Uh, you can you can you can add this between every one of the slides. <laughs> I'm holding up the front of his postcard. Th- this is with with all the with all this information. Yeah, by the time this gets on the air, this video will be on YouTube. Oh, cool! So listeners could find it on YouTube. We'll, we'll just put the link in the in the notes. And yeah. Find it there. So, um, can you guys all see this right here? Yeah. Yes. So I will. That's nighttime in Belgium. I will. Oh, yes. I will, attempt, I will attempt to fire this it's up. It's not Bruges because there's, there's try no lights. To, I'll try to give us some decent volume on this too, so we don't blow us out on this. Let's see if we can get going on this. And uh, is that a glass or a bottle? No, it's a glass. That's a glass. glass. This okay. is a Brunhout beer, which is lesser known in America, but you're going to know more about it coming up. Here we go. That is an attractive person on your tour. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, very nice. Is that too loud I, on the mic? No, it's perfect. Okay. Winter beers. Be happy. Mike, can I get in your mic over here? Yes, of course. All right. What we're looking at here now, this is uh, this is my logo for, for Belgian Beer Me, belgianbeerme.com. Uh, and there's a, a couple walking down the sidewalk in Ghent. This could be you, and I don't know who she is. Here's a Cantillon, and uh, it's dog-friendly. There's a dog there. As River. Most of Belgium is dog-friendly. The Ardennes. Yeah, scenic Ardennes. Ardennes. That's, uh, that's, here's those, your, oh my God. That is, the, where did you find that slide? Here's your counterparts from the Brewing Network, right? They do beer radio, we do podcasting. <laughs> and, uh, this Rochefort. And Rodenbach. Rodenbach. Mm-hmm. And there's the Popering Beer Festival. Motor, you talked about Popering. That's a great beer festival held at the Palace Hotel each year. There's the Christmas Beer Festival in Essen. There's the Beer Truck Driver Museum. Nice. Yes. I want to go to the Beer Truck Driver. That is driver. awesome. There's the Ardennes again. Yep. And there's the big castle in Bouillon. Bouillon. <laughs> That's right. And Or Orval. 
Orval has two abbeys. They have the modern one you can't go in, and they have the ruins of the old one that you can go in. That's looking out over northern France from Belgium. Here's Brasserie Caracol. Which is a snail, right? Yep. That's the snail one? Spanish for snail. There's the brewer, Francois, right there, pictured with him. And this is out in front of uh, the uh, Scaldus Brewery, Bush. Uh, they call that's what I, here. That's Those what are I really tall think, trees. That's what I think of when I think of uh, here we are at, Belgian. Uh, Brasserie Fantome. The ghost. Yeah. And that's me with uh, Podge and his and his uh, partner, and they wrote Lambic Land and around Bruges and 80 beers. Hmm. And Podge runs beer tours out of England, and uh, really awesome tours as well. Tank. It got four guys. There's one of the battles you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's... Uh, here we are at the, at the Castile Castle. It's we this big. Yep. And, there, and that's, that's, the, uh, that's what you get if you go there. Picture of the outside of the brewery. Yeah, nice that, bottles. Now we're in northern France. Uh, Brasserie Tires And some Brewerianna. I'm a big beer sign collector, so I take pictures of beer signs everywhere I go. Hmm. I you only collect big beer signs? Uh, we should introduce, all sizes. We should introduce you to Kent. Or Ken. Ken collects beers. Signs. There's the ruins of the old Abbey at Arval. There's Chimay. You can walk around the grounds in the cemetery and chapel there. Orval has their official brewery tap just about a block down the road. It's called the Guardian Angel. Wow, you rented a helicopter. Yep. I think that aero shot West Vlader. And there we are at uh, DuPont. That's inside Rochefort. Here's in Bruges. Nobody's getting killed. You'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, the Bel- that's the Belga Queen. It's a uh, famous brasserie restaurant in Ghent. There's Chuck Cook, famous beer writer for Celebrator Beer News and other publications. That's at Philadelphia. Wearing a damnation shirt. Yeah, and this is uh, there's Fergus Carey from Monk's Cafe in uh, Philadelphia. This is Philadelphia Beer Week here, and this is from one of my beer classes at Beverage Place Pub in West Seattle. Some of my students here drinking Duval and uh, uh, Bone Goose. And uh, you know what? I, I, uh, I got my. Uh, and there's my promo for sign up for a beer tour. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's licking her. And. Do we get that on every tour? Yeah, do we get licking and so, on, on a tour? It, it ends by saying Belgian beer, someone has to drink it. So there you go, another first for yeah, the podcast. Well, that actually worked. <laughs> oh, did, you, did you really rent a helicopter? I did at great expense. You wouldn't believe it. The only way you can get into West Valadern. <laughs> and and uh, Unicorn. Like prison break. <laughs> now, let's, get around, let's get around to a real beer right, here. Who, who's going with me? I am, yeah. <laughs> No, that well, was actually a photograph of a photograph. Oh, okay. Yeah. Closing out the last beer, I was I said I, th- I think that the only problem with this beer that I have is that the sweetness kind of I think blends the complexity out a little bit. I okay. Think the, over, the sweetness overpowers everything. I think it would be. I liked it, but as a po- in, our, in our first three beers, I think it's my third so far. I like the first two better. This is a little not overwhelmingly sweet, but I think that the sweetness does kind of bland out the complexity that right. you might have otherwise. So, I want to say that I would love to taste that in five years. Mm-hmm. I say we put it in our calendars and meet here. All right. All right five years from now. Five years, we'll uh, yeah. oh, have to put one in the... Uh, oh, the, in the uh, the cellar. Yes. You know, the... the um, 
The trap door. Yeah, down there. Oh, yeah. In the, in the down pan, there. The, the panic the, room. Yeah, exactly. I'll pass to my left on this. The ramp. perfect, okay. the perfect place to keeping, put that beer. Keeping with our monks theme. So this is a local beer. Um, I don't think we've had this on the show. Um, this is this is uh, from Twenty First Amendment, the Monk's Blood, and um, this is actually the fourth version of this of this uh, of this beer. Now, does it contain the blood of any monks? Um, no, but you know, Sean might have cut himself when he was chopping up the things, <laughs> and so Sean, not being a monk. But he is a, uh, he can marry people. He can. Oh, this is very similar. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, but. Well, here's the difference it doesn't have that overwhelming uh, sweet. It's not sweet. No, nope. it has the same caramelly brown sugar molasses thing going Melange. on that the, that the Flemish sour ale had. But it's not. It, it must finish drier because it's not overwhelmingly sweet. Right. In fact, there's very little sweetness to this. There, there's the there's the taste of sweetness, but not the actual right. sweetness. And it goes away, and it's there's the yeah, the, the the impression of sweetness, but then it, it dries out in your mouth very fast. And when I when I uh, when I smell it, it's the figs that come through in mm-hmm. this. I mean, I literally met, met maple syrup on on the monk's cap. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I don't. Like, I don't disagree. And not. Aunt Jemima's maple syrup, but like the the maple syrup that comes from maple trees, right? Yeah, which is yeah. Syrup. It's not maple syrup is not a bad thing. Maple syrup is not a bad. thing. I'm just saying, it, you know, more complex than just not plain high like fructose a, corn syrup, maple yes. syrup, trees maple syrup. Oh, don't get me started. I've I've rented food. I watched Food Inc. Oh, that you know, corn well, is evil. Yeah, corn is evil. Except for that corn that you actually eat off the cop, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. Hey, that season's coming up. Oh, we got a long time for that season. It's asparagus season now. Oh, right. We're coming into asparagus season. We're all going to pee gold for months. <laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, if, if, you're, if we're going to get down on corn, corn is my corn is by far my favorite grain in the world. Yes, so, but it, it's found its way into everything else. It's it's only what we've corn is not evil. What we've done to corn uh, is well evil. stated. Well stated. Corn itself is not evil. Corn is one of the best grains in the whole damn world. Uh, but what we've done with it is evil. I just, I, I, you know, it's even in ketchup. And the thing that, that bothers me about that is why would there be high fructose corn syrup and ketchup when tomatoes are already really sweet? Because you need more sugar. Because you need, well, you, you, because to make it consistent. Because sometimes the t- tomatoes you have may have less sugar, and sometimes they may have more sugar. I understand. You I mean, it's a manufacturing. They're trying to balance to it. Balance right. it out. But uh, I still don't, you know, I, I look at that. Stay and, inside, the aliens are attacking. Stay I, inside, the aliens are attacking. I, I, look at the, I look at the ingredients on that. I'm like, couldn't. There's no real reason to have. No, it's, it's just cheap and efficient. It's yeah. cheap and easy, and it's easy to add. There's no real reason to have high fructose corn syrup in tomato. I think, that most, I think that most people don't realize that that, that product is there, because if they did, they wouldn't let their kids eat it. Probably not. No. Sure they would. They don't Probably care. Not. They do. How many little kids do you see, like, Drinking like Welch's grape juice out of their bottle. <coughs> a bunch. I don't know. I don't know what anyway, they're drinking. You know, I wouldn't let my kids drink uh, monk's blood. You know, until they're at least twelve. Mm-hmm. Or eight. Or at least twelve. Eight. Single digits. I'd like to point out that the legal drinking age in Belgium is sixteen. Yep. Oh, yes. <laughs> so another selling point. Any you kids out there want to go on a beer tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you can get a passport, you can see yeah. Stu. <laughs> that, that, that's just, you know, at first it really is, uh, it's a little, uh, well, unsettling is not the right word, but surprising to see, like, 16-year-old kids drinking in a bar next to you and no one's arresting them. Hmm. But, uh, but then you think about it, these these kids in Belgium have been drinking their whole lives. Right. It's just part of the beer culture. It's part it's, of it. It's not a novelty. Well, that's that goes with the rant in the very beginning, that, that we have this idea that you must be of a certain age in order to have this responsibility. And up until that time, we treat people like children, like they don't have any responsibility. And then when we release them into society, they're unprepared to deal with the day-to-day. Yeah. And so you get these, you get the the binge, you get the wild parties, you get the the stupidity that mm-hmm. goes with that because it's been it it it's not part of the culture. You're right. Like, like if you look at any, uh, I don't know. I, I, this is going to be a gross generalization, but let's just say person X who's uh, high teens, low twenties, like their Facebook photos. It's just pictures of them all taking pictures of themselves, drunk, cross-eyed, drawing on each other magic markers and. <laughs> Yeah, but those, you just magi- don't see that in Belgium. The it's, magic it's, it's, markers are deserved. <laughs> that's, that's, a real, that's a real American thing. It's uh, uh, Getting drunk and crazy is not uh, looked highly upon in, in Belgium. It's, it's looked at like you are out of control and you don't know how to... Uh, it's like you it's, it looked upon like you got a problem. Right. And people don't think it's funny, uh, but uh, it's just not something that occurs because when you start... When you're drinking... Uh, well, you essentially are table beers, like real low alcohol beers with your family at holidays your whole life, and then you turn 16, you go to bars. Like you said, there's no binging. There's, it's, there's, that, there's not. You're enjoying it for it. what it is, right? Right. Yeah. Not enjoying it for what it does. I'll, g- I'll give you another example. Of something that is very odd. There's a Boy Scout, Girl Scout troop in this one town there that puts on a beer festival every year. <laughs> I want to go to that one. As a fundraiser. As a fundraiser. And they have the kids serving the beer. They're bartending. They're bringing the beer out to the table. They're taking orders. And then on top of it all, they're in uniform. And the ones who are old enough, who are 16, are sitting at the table in uniforms, uh, very uh, drinking, very calm and collectively and just having fun. But but you would never see that here. Wow. That would be that would get the the scoutmaster and the assistants and the parents. All of them would be arrested. <laughs> oh, that would that would be in the 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 news cycle for like three days. Yeah, except exactly. That, except for that scene in the original airplane where the Girl Scouts are fighting in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you might see that. <laughs> scouting in the uh, U.S. is pretty uptight in general. Yes, it is. I mean, like you know, they don't allow. Uh, gay people on scouts, and, and back when I was in scouts, yeah, you, you, you had to be gay uh, to be a scoutmaster. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, now that's no. just confined to but, the to the, but, to the clergy. Let, let me bring this full circle. I, I'll tell you this much: a confession, and I, I point this out on my website. I learned to drink beer at Boy Scout summer camp. Okay, and I say, of course, they don't offer that merit badge anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> off, no, they don't offer the much beer anymore. They retired that for you, though. <laughs> but now you have upgraded to the Guardian Angels. Yes. <laughs> Here, he's referring to my hat I have. I have the uh, the uh, uh, driving cap on from Roots from the Olympics. I was talking with Motor uh, before the show. We were having uh, brunch at 21A, and uh, I went to the first week of the Olympics, which was really cool. And, and it turned into a beer tour. I went to all the different brew pubs and breweries in Vancouver. It was awesome. Wow, fun. And I'll be doing that next week. Yeah, so if you're in Vancouver, look for Motor. And that hat for a third of what you paid for it. <laughs> There you go, exactly. <laughs> I don't think it fit me. Here you go. Oh, yeah. That's not my color. You just show up at Vancouver and go, here you go, here's your hat. Here's your hat. <laughs> go to the root hey, store. Hey, 
Hey, welcome. Hey. Welcome. Hey. hey, here's your hat, eh? Hey. <laughs> uh, I don't think they say that. They don't say that in Vancouver. In no, Vancouver. No. I think it's more they like talk Seattle. Like LA in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver is the San Diego of Canada. <laughs> It's the Southern California. It's, it's the it's the it's the it's the southwestern corner of Canada. Come on! In. I was telling uh, Motor that my, the San Diego of Cal- of Canada. My favorite beer when I was up there was by a little brew pub in Squamish, British Columbia, which is about halfway between Whistler and Vancouver, and it's called the Howe Station Inn and Brewery. It, it, it's at the end of the main street in town, which might be called Cleveland Street. Right. Exactly. But uh, I'll be there a week from Friday. Yeah, kind of a nondescript looking building. The signage isn't very good, so you can miss it easy, but really great beer. So I got beer radar. Yeah. I can pull off the road in some town and like know that there's a there's a brew pub in town and usually find it on like the first try, just going, it's probably downtown. Okay, it's probably okay, this is looking like a good place. Oh look, there it is. <laughs> I, I I do too, but this place uh, on the way up. So you're saying it's like a, 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 a an eight or nine in terms of uh, difficult degree of difficulty in spotting without much assistance. Yes. Okay. Yep. It is. They need some better signage. Definitely. But uh, the beer was they great. Want the good food. Good service. Nice atmosphere. So this is very nice beer. I want to see how it gets older. But once again, I have this thing about this style of beer, where there's so much sugar going on and so many different flavors. Just we'll start in the last one, but I'm, I'm I'm wondering are they are they are they uh, can conditioning? They are not. Is that, is that, that's not possible. No, it's not possible. Well, you no, because it would explode. Explode, yeah. So, so this won't age as well as say this one might. Right. What's the alcohol level on that though? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, like I think. I, I bet you could still age it though. I mean, you, you could, you could well, what's the it? difference between aging in a can and aging in a bottle? Because you can't have anything escape from a bottle either. No, but aging refers—they're both close. To, to, in my limited view, aging refers to the fact. You mean that German brewing tradition? Yes. <laughs> the clean brewing tradition. Yes. Why would you age this beer? There, it's fresh. <laughs> aging bottle aging refers to the fact that there's still something going on. There's a little bit of yeast, and there's something for the yeast to eat. And that is going to add to the complexity as well as to the alcohol level as you age it. But when you filter something or or take all the yeast out, uh, it's gonna it'll age it'll be it'll keep because of the alcohol level, but it won't age. Anymore. Well, it's it'll change. It, it can change, it, it can change over me, time. Well, it's like okay, but it's like a bar it's, it's like a barley wine, that map right? So a barley wine by the time it's by the time it's old enough to be to be uh, enjoyed uh, it's there's nothing going on in it and so if you keep a barley wine for two three five years but there can still be some yeast going on in the bar- not, not a lot the, the, but you don't filter a barley wine so there no. still could be something going on there I don't know I, I, that's, that's my that's my conundrum that's, that's my thought as a, a, a bottle conditioned beer can age and it can change because it's got something going on whereas a filtered beer or a, a, a canned beer can keep because of high alcohol. It'll it'll it won't be it won't be maybe any worse, but it's not going to get any really any better. That's my thought. So that's all. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. I've see got it goes. exactly. Yeah. That was a cool poster. I'm going to bring out another visual aid here for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's a poster. It's, oh, a, it's a map. Yeah, and it's delicate too. You guys, if yeah. you love that slideshow, you're gonna really, really love it. Yeah, this map. part, this part of the show is really great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have, I have a version of, I'm pretty sure I have a version of that map. Don't yeah, we have this map so. somewhere? 
And this one you is, might have gave us a map like this. This one is well worn and tanned. Yeah, you've used this map many I times. I, I think I may have given you one. I think we have this map somewhere in our archive of maps. But it, it's great. it's different colors, so it's blue and green and <laughs> yeah, sure pink well, and these and are all the different provinces of uh, of Belgium, West Flanders, East Flanders. <coughs> uh, they have a Luxembourg province, which is which is right next to the country of Luxembourg. They call mm -hmm. the Grand Duchy to to make the distinction there, and uh, Antwerp and uh, Limburg and Brabant. But as you can see, you know, there's more than a hundred breweries. Represented by these brew kettles all over the country. Where's Bruges? Um, Bruges is Bruges is way up over here oh, in okay. the northwest corner, closer to France. Oh, okay. And uh, the real main line that people hit if they have a short period of time is Brussels, Ghent, and Bruges. Bruges. All right on a major train route. So you mm -hmm. need a car. Okay. And then once you get in those cities, you can just walk to, or take a tram to just about anywhere you want to go in those towns. Most of the breweries, I'd say, oh, maybe. Two thirds of them are in the north, maybe a third in the south, mm -hmm. and it's uh, much more difficult to travel in the south because the public transportation is just not there. There's like one main high-speed rail line between Luxembourg and Brussels, and then there is bus, little country bus routes, but it would take forever. So if you go in the south, you need a, you need to be either on a tour or have a rental car. Yeah. In the north, you can do a lot of public transportation and hiking from bus stops and train stops. So, but then you see it's all real, real compact there. And they drive on the left over there too. I mentioned. No, they drive. They drive correctly. Yeah, they, they drive. On do the, they really? Yeah, they do. Okay. Their trains are on the wrong side of the tracks. Oh. <laughs> Although they have a few odd driving laws that you don't know about unless you know about. Like for example, if you, uh, uh, if somebody's on your right and you're hit, and they're stopped coming off a side street and you're on the road, they have the right of way. Even though you're already moving, oh. so you got to yield to anybody on your right who's entering, and you just need to know that. Oh, that would I would die. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Note to self: never driving in Belton. <laughs> <laughs> this, so the other thing about this map is that um, the little tabs on the side which describe the brewery uh, are in the same color as the regions on the map. So. You don't have to figure out the number. You can go by color. Yeah, oh. and I should point out that this map you can purchase at uh, places once you get to Belgium. But uh, it's a pretty expensive map. It's like, you know, 15 or 20 euros. But if you contact the Belgian tourism office or visit Flanders or Wallonia in New York City, they'll send you one of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is, this is pretty invaluable. This... This map combined with this book, A Good Beer Guide to Belgium by Tim Webb, are two must-haves for anybody thinking about going to Belgium. Mm. Whether you're by yourself or on a tour, they're good to have. A uh, Good Beer Guide to Belgium has information about every Belgian beer and also about all the major beer towns and places. Mm. So if you're going through some little town, you're like, huh, I wonder what they have here. You can, you can go to the table of contents and look at the town, and it will tell you what's there takes a lot of the guesswork out. And John's photographing the map up close now. Yeah, well, Gavin Newsom's outside going, okay, Embarcadero Day is over, get the hell off the street. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Belgian Beer Guide, along with all the other camera books, you can find it, what is it, camera.org or camera.co.uk. It's C-A-M-R-A, 
uh, if you're going to do a Google search, the campaign for real ale in, in Britain. And uh, I got a link to this off the front page of my website, too, belgianbeerme.com. And I'd like to. Uh, what was that? Belgianbeerme.com? Belgianbeerme.com. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to uh, <laughs> point out that I'm the only U.S. based uh, beer tour company listed in a good beer guide to Belgium. Ooh. So, and they just, just came out this past fall. So. Because I just bought the uh, the uh, the Belgian beer guide to Germany and the Belgian beer guide to the west coast of the USA, which is a great read. Nice. That, Have you seen that yet? I, I've only seen it. I, I don't own it. You should you should read it because it's funny to get the the outside opinion on all this stuff, and they're pretty much right on. Yeah, that's cool. And it's probably British based, right? Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's exact. It looks exactly like that, except it's got a surfer on the cover. These guys have a great sense of humor. It's very dry and wry, tongue yeah. cheek, and uh, it's got a surfer on the cover. It does. It's got like a LA Beach with like the the um, the lookout, the the the, uh, the lifeguard little shack, and like sort of. We were sunset. looking at this book the other day. Yeah, you had it, and it was kind of wow. Yeah. This is a. Can this I is a heavy book. give a shameless promotion for two other books that are sure. part of this this uh, publishing company? Uh, Around Bruges and 80 Beers by uh, Chris and Siobhan Pollard. Uh, Chris Pollard is also known as Podge in Beer Circles. Okay. And Podge has a great website, too. I think it's uh, podgebeersuk.uk or something like that. You can Google Podge. And uh, the second book is Around Brussels and 80 beers. That just came out this past year, and it's by uh, Joe Stang and uh, another Belgian author who is, whose name escapes me. But Joe is an American expat living in Brussels, working some governmental job there now. And Joe has a great uh, beer blog, too. I'll give a promotion for that. It's called thirstypilgrim.com. Thirsty Pilgrim. And Joe writes about different beer cafes and breweries and beer news. And he's a trained journalist, and he's got a great sense of humor. So it's interesting. It's not boring. It's not bogged down in details about brewing numbers and whatnot. Uh-huh. It's fascinating, and he always includes a neat photo of the place he visits. Well, there's a ton of, uh, of Brits in, uh, in Belgium now because you can get there on the Eurostar in two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, whoop! You can be there. I don't know what time the pub's open. You can, you can be there by the time the pub's open. Oh, I know. But I'll give you an example. One time I met this couple in Bruges, and I said, well, where are you staying? And they said, oh, well, we're going home. I said, I thought you said you just got here this morning. They said, we did. We, we came over on the ferry on a coach with a tour. They slept on the ferry. They got to Bruges in the morning. They were going to drink beer and eat all day and tour and ride horses and carriages and bikes. And then they get back on the coach, sleep on the ferry, and they're home the next day. Mm-hmm. That just seems crazy, but that's what they do. Oh, yeah. No, that's I, like going to Russian it. River, though. Hmm? That's like going to Russian River. Oh, I mean, a day, day for, trip for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, you know, it's like using, uh, it's like touring beer locally by BART. Oops. Whoa. Here, 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 right here. Oh, thanks. Well, that more, it reminds me more of a friend of mine who... Um, well, that's a happy the beer. Paramedic industry with okay. Uh, he and his buddies. I've never done it with them. They do what's called hop, skip, and jump. They they, they made it up themselves, huh. and they get like three or four guys together. And the rule is, you fly into a city. You pick uh-huh. a city: London, Paris, New York, San Francisco, wherever. You fly into this city. You don't get a hotel room. You stay up all night long. Spend 24 hours in the city. Then you go back to the airport and you leave. Oh. 
And you just do whatever the city has to offer oh. for 24 hours. In there. For 24 hours. For 24 hours. And you hopefully don't pick a town like, I'm not gotcha. belittling Kansas City, Missouri. I'm just saying you pick a town that's going to have something going on for 24 hours. Truck stop. You don't, yeah. you don't pick a town that's going to have... You don't pick a town that closes up at like 7, 8, 7 p.m. You pick a town that's going to have something going on or a city that's going to be going on technically for 24 hours. And you spend 24 hours in the city and then you leave. Right. And you get no hotel. You, you live on the city. 24 hours. We call it hop, skip, and jump. Okay, just for the record, I'm passing on tasting this one because I've already spilled my taste and everybody else. You just lick your fingers. What, what the listeners are missing here is uh, Motor opened up a Koenigshofen quadruple and it was very lively. It just came up like a volcano. It did. And it so I his fault. took some of it and I mixed it with my monk's blood to create a new beer. <laughs> and uh, it's really actually very good. Monk's volcano. Yeah, monk's volcano. <laughs> I did a blend on the last show. Well, did we actually end up, finish off with the monk's blood? Does anybody want to say anything more about the monk's blood? I just want to say it's it, if you can find a way to get it. If well, do we uh, know where it's available at? It's, it's in it's in uh, ten states right now. Uh, lots, uh, mostly. Let's see. Some of it's on the east coast. Some of it's in the middle. Um, uh, everywhere in California right now. And it was kind of fun. Boys aren't in LA yet, are they? No, they're not in. Well, no, they're not. But you can still. There's a reason that people aren't in L.A. I don't want to go into it. There's a reason people aren't in L.A. Right. Yeah, I can tell you why. I, I, no hot chicks. <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> That's not why. That's not why. L.A. is a hard market to get into. I have a friend who... Uh, for a number of reasons. And when we were, uh, we were both living in uh, Seattle, and, and he got married and moved to L.A. with his new wife. And... Um, I said, man, why did you do that? That just seems crazy. That's like going to Disneyland, bringing your own ride. <laughs> <laughs> and so now he. But um, bump. That's actually part of his show now. He does that joke. No, it's, it's like going to Disneyland and bringing your own ride. I've never heard that before. Todd Sawyer, see him live. I, I don't don't want to get into it, but I want to. While I have this, while I have this. This, this opportunity, I don't want. I do want to say that you know people assume they have no say over what they're drinking at, at beer at bars or at pubs. Oh, you totally do. And if, if you if you hear about a beer on beer school and you say, well, where's Monk's Blood in my town? Where 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 the hell is that? How can yeah. I get that in my place? If you say something to your liquor store or bartender or bar bar manager, they deal with a distributor. That distributor can get you pretty much any beer in the country that you want to he have. He can get a horse head for your friend's bed. He can get anything. <laughs> he, or she, he or she can get anything you want. It's just that they only pick and choose what they want you to drink or what they think will sell in a certain right. market. So if you want a certain beer in your, your market, all you have to do is act like you want it and make other people act what they want it to, and exactly. it'll, it'll come to you. Uh, all you have to do is ask about you it. You have to ask. If you don't ask... You ask. Nothing will have, nothing, nothing you, good will ever happen to you if you don't ask. Don't ask, don't tell. I want to tell. I want to say that this beer that Motor just spilled everywhere by opening it... Uh, we're on. What's up with the theme today? These beers are all very similar. They're all very similar, yes. Just coincidence. I know. The, the Monk's Cafe and the Monk's Blood and the... 
Konings, is that how you pronounce this? Konigshoven. Yeah, Konigshoven. It's they're all very similar to each other. They're very similar. The only, the only, the 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 major difference is the degree of sour where they are and the sour or sweet and how and how how clean they finish. Yes, or with yes, sour or sweet. But the, but the but the over but the overwhelming di- similarity is the the whatever you want to call it the brown sugar fig yeah. Uh, Wet asphalt, uh, wet asphalt, um, maple syrup. They're all and they're very similar in color. Have those things going on to a certain degree. And Mm -hmm. the the difference between them all is what degree all those things are happening in the glass at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I would like to point out that this um, Koenigshoven was made by La Trappe in Tilburg, Netherlands, and this is one of the seven Trappist breweries in the world. And we go to this one on the Trappist tour as well. This of all the Trappist breweries, is perhaps the best setup for the visitor. Okay. They've got a movie you watch when you first get there that is in different languages depending on who you are. And uh, when I was here with my tour group last time, they, it was the first time they were showing the English language version of this movie that they created for this tour. So you see the movie, you go on the tour, which it takes you behind the scenes and is very up close, personal. Then you go back to the hospitality room, which is this br- brand new facility with a thatched roof. You can try all of the La Trappe beers. They're uh, double, triple, quad, bock, and, uh, and they have some seasonals going too. And they have food, and then they have a gift shop where you can buy the beer. You can buy openers and beer signs, and they also make cheese. You can buy cheese. So is there a transporter room so we can just like pop in and... I wish. That would be awesome, right? It would be. But it, it, it's a great tour. So if you get anywhere near Tilburg, Netherlands, it's not. It's really not all that far from Amsterdam even. I'd say maybe an hour away at the most. And uh, this brewery is just over the, the Belgian-Dutch border. Uh, go north. Uh, see where that... Uh, up, 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 up. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now right, go to the right more, right? See, see the Ackel logo, right? See the Ackel? More to the right, up, 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 right there. Now, oh, there. now, just about three inches north of there is where Tilburg is. Oh, okay. It's not on that map, but that's where it is. Huh. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's a great brewery. Really nice beers. That's very nice. Yeah, saying left and up and <laughs> north on the <laughs> on the radio. That's gonna help you out. Oh, thank goodness for the internet. Yeah, well, I could take a picture of where that was here. We we were talking about. Uh, I was talking to some friends about Google the other day, and uh, I said, it's amazing how you'd be at a party, you'd be talking about something, and then the conversation would go to like a dead end where nobody knew anything more about that, and you'd be like, well, huh, okay, new topic. Now it's like, let's Google it. So no conversation has to end. Right now, because someone doesn't know something. Well, because somebody doesn't remember the name of that movie, right? Or they can't remember the guy. Like, who was that guy in that movie with that girl, the monster? You can look it up. Same thing with with beer touring, you know? Sound of music. It's like, where does this beer come from? How do I get there? Do they have a hospitality room? When are they open? Boom, right there. Right, but as we as we uh, discovered with as we discovered with looking up uh, (laughs) cafe beer, (laughs) yeah. What was the what was Motors? You were talking about cafe beer, the the no phone thing. Yeah, just because we don't have a phone doesn't mean we're not open. Oh yeah, the uh, the 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 new place in Oakland on their Yelp thing. It says they have this big thing at the top. Says just because we don't have a phone doesn't mean we're not open. 
But they have a web page. Yeah, I guess you don't need a phone when you have a web page. Although you have to check, some places still have web pages. Are they? <laughs> you need phones over there? Oh no, I was in top. Yeah, in Emeryville. Yeah. That was the place you couldn't remember, and I was right. Like, but I want to go to. Yeah, so. but you said you said Oakland. I'm like, well, here's all the places in Oakland. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Emeryville. That was it. Emeryville's the guy in the middle that keeps Oakland and Berkeley from fighting. Fight. By the way, can we give a, a shameless plug to uh, Frago and Rebecca sure. at Beer Revolution? Uh, Beer Revolution opened up maybe a month ago. I just heard about them. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, and they're in Jack London Square in Oakland, yeah. on the east side of downtown Oakland. And uh, it's a bottle shop and a tap room. They've got an excellent selection of uh, craft beers and uh, imports. And uh, great prices, too, I would, I would like to point out. Nice I've, atmosphere, I've big sunny that. deck out front. Uh, very uh, gracious hosts, and so if you are anywhere in uh, Northern California, you should. Check well, it out. so it makes the second boat trip. Meaning. Meaning, okay. So if you one of the best one, of, so we in the in the uh, touring San Francisco show, one of the things you can do, or one of the things we talked about as what you can do, is get on the ferry, go to Marin Brewing, hang out there for couple hours get back on the ferry uh, and mind the time because there's what there's a ferry there's a last ferry and if you miss it the cab ride is seventy dollars ah, that'd be an expensive beer yeah so or but sleep, it, sleep, sleep in the parking lot uh, <laughs> how anyway it's marin it's not possible and here's another uh, little trick trick uh, trick if you do drive there is and they, they had the funky parking meters out front where it's like fifty dollars for ten minutes. Yeah. But if you go a block over any any place that I guess it's Washington Street that borders that block, anything north of Washington is four hours for free. Oh, well. no, you're not talking Marin Brewing. You're talking someplace else. Well, Beer Revolution. Beer Revolution. Oh, Beer Revolution. Yeah. 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 <coughs> so anyway, Jack London Square is, has a uh, ferry service, so it's the second destination oh, by ferry I'm, and I'm amtrak station and amtrak station wow. so yeah. you could come in from anywhere with amtrak pretty much yeah wow so if you're yeah, in chicago, sacramento sacramento chicago get on the train uh, get on the train if you got, Cal- seven, if you got seven days come on out yeah come on. california's effort <laughs> <laughs> that last summer <laughs> yeah very interesting california's effort put you right in uh, to the beer revolution the um, you could also get there from uh, fresno uh Ride the uh, the bus over from L.A. to Bakersfield and get on the f- yes. on the train there. Several of my friends who live in there, my my coworkers who live in some of them are all friends, but not all of them um, who live in the Berkeley Oakland area uh, have said good things about Beer Revolution. And I was wondering yeah. if anybody here knew about. I taught my Belgian beer. Here's your glass, quick. <laughs> there we go. Oh my God, <laughs> you're you're cursed. I am cursed. This is over bottle conditioned. Uh, These beers are getting warm. Wow, that's, that's cool. It's like art. This it's, like, blew, it's like a smoothie. Yeah. This blew Man, up that, just like their brewery. Like Starbucks cappuccino. That's a beer smoothie. How wow. do you do that? It, they're getting warm. That's the problem. That might oh. be the case. And they're beer, they're, they have yeast in them. Uh, this lived on the shelf. For the, or no, this was actually Look from the that. where I got it. Let's get a picture of that. That's, yeah. That's like a, that's like a beer smoothie. I've up. never seen that before. That, that, is, that is 100% pure foam and head in that glass. There's no liquid in it. Well, even even foam here, foam is beer too. I was gonna say so. So yesterday I had um, my my Belgian beer appreciation class at Beer Revolution, Uh and um, it was just ideal location for it. Uh, 
nice selection of beers, uh, nice atmosphere, good service, and. Uh, and the, and the other uh, selling point that uh, we don't have in San Francisco was that the the two of the guys that I talked to, uh, whose um, <laughs> significant others aren't really into beer, uh, but they wanted to take they wanted to go there and hang out uh, on both occasions. Beer Revolutions had a 22 ounce beer, some sort of special beer. Mm-hmm. On one day it was the New Belgian Ranger, and one day it was something else. It was three dollars, so you could buy the beer, buy it, get two glasses, and he and his significant other could just share ah. a three dollar bottle of beer. Yeah, uh, and where, where, where are you going to get that at in San Francisco or the Bay Area? Yeah. A three dollar bottle of beer that you can actually share and get a decent glass, decent sized glass out of. Whenever I'm hanging out with my, my my posse in front of the Seven Eleven, we oh, get that's that. true too. That's we get those too. big forty eight ounce bottles of uh, <laughs> malt liquor. But that seemed to me to be a selling point that uh, even I mean, as much as I love city beer, city beer doesn't really have a a, a say a five dollar. The special of the day. Special of the day, 22-ounce bottle that you can actually split and share with somebody. They don't really have that going on, which is is nice to know that they have that. Interesting. Well, Magnolia has $3 Tuesdays. Well, sure, sure, sure. Hey, can I also point out my my next beer class? It's going to be in Seattle, uh, April 11th at the Beverage Place Pub in West Seattle, 7 o'clock. The Beverage Place? Yeah, Beverage Place Pub. And its beverage is spelled a little bit different than uh, how we spell beverage. So it's named after a street in West Seattle called Beverage, uh, spelled uh, uh, R-I-D-G-E. But if you go to my website, belgianbeering.com, you'll find out about that. You can just email me and sign up if you want to do that. Are your, are your classes uh, from, the, from the beginner point of view or from a higher level point of view? Or <coughs> Good question. Uh, I kind of get a feel for who's in the group. Uh-huh. So if i got a bunch of home brewers, I know that we can uh, use some different uh, terminology and skip over some stuff. Or if, if there's a, a lot of people who are just really trying to uh, start from uh, a base camp and climb, mm-hmm. then we do that. So I adapt. Yeah, but but usually I I assume that nobody knows anything, and that way nobody's left in the dark. And if some people hear some stuff they already know, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but with my class, what I do is I charge uh, $55, and for that, you get to taste uh, six or seven different Belgian-style beers. You get snacks. You get all the course materials, which are worth the price of admission right there. And like a map. A, right, like a map, like a map, yeah. And you get a, uh authentic Belgian beer glass to take home with you. Like that one right there. Yep. Uh. Hey, I also want to point out, this is a little secret I'll let listeners in on. Best place to buy uh, nice beer glassware? Goodwill. Oh, yeah. Uh, what happened? I don't like this beer. You don't care for it, Is this uh, a Dolly? Which one are we drinking? Are we drinking uh, that one? Yeah, this is the... Okay, uh, that was unexpected. I'm sorry. The Dolly Special Extra Export Stout. Now, where is it from? Oh, it's a stout. Yeah, it's okay. a Belgian ale. It's a Belgian ale. Yeah. Oh, I'm just not... I didn't know what it was. And I was tasting it thinking it was going to get something like this, and it not anything like it. To Dolly, uh... Now these, uh, I mean, it's crazy. The crazy brewers. That's what I'm tasting. It's and, crazy. Uh, but these guys, like I'm not having this one, one yet, so I can't comment on it. But these guys make some really great beers, what and they they, they have a great some? tour as well. You're not tasting this. I'm you, going you to, but I'm talking. Still, I'm still finishing talking. it up. Still got, yeah, you got, you got to drink faster. Yeah. See, I, my glass is empty cool. because I exploded the last two beers. <laughs> I saved you some others. I saved you some. Okay. Well, you have that whole glass right there. No, no, I've got this. I'm fine. 
These guys also make a triple called uh, Didale Tive, which uh, loosely translated means the crazy bitch. Yeah. And it's, I've been told, is named after the brewer's uh, mother-in-law, hmm. or in honor of her. Yes, in honor of her. <laughs> now, see, to, to me, this is, of, of the last three beers we've had, this is the most like Monk's Blood. This is a Belgian version of, of Monk's Blood. This comes, comes closer to Monk's Blood than the other two. To me. It's okay. So second taste, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. But the first taste was like, no, I like no. It a lot. What was I? What was that? No, it's, well, it's, we, it was we, like a drive-by tasting. May have, that may have been like our monkey fault because <laughs> what? Where'd that come after from? tasting these beers now, I would have uh, this one closer to the end because it's, it's sweeter. Oh right, I would have it closer to the end. We, we've gone now. We've gone from sweeter to a little bit drier with the monk's blood to a quite a bit drier. And smoky with, with this and smoky with this one. Yeah. So we've we've we've, we've assaulted our our palate. This yeah. would this would go great with some food. Oh, it'd be nice. Yeah. I love uh, have a, here. Have, I, a, have I a cork. This. By the way, I'm starting a new trend. Uh, I want to eliminate the uh, phrase pairing from uh, food pairings. Unless you're pairing with a pair. It's too it's too hoity toity. That I just want to change to goes with. Goes with. This yes. this beer goes great with hot dogs. For example. Goes with. <clears throat> It doesn't go great with hot dogs. Pa- pairing sounds like the beer industry is trying too hard to keep up with the wine industry. Well, we are trying. We it are sounds, trying it too sounds hard. desperate. And we've we've made a number of faux pas over the year. Now, now I mentioned some of the last show I was on. Now we have because we were trying to keep with the beer industry, with the wine industry. Now we have at this point in time, at this day and age, right now, March fourteenth, March fourteenth, we have thirty-three dollar bottles of beer. But the, what's the wine industry done? They've got $2 bottles of wine. It's like, if, if you're a... Damn ca- those people. If you're a casual liquor consumer, <laughs> and you're looking to go, I'm going to have steak tonight on the barbecue, what am I going to buy? Am I going to buy 16 bottles of Charles Shaw, or am I going to buy one bottle of some $30 smoky bottle of beer? No. I'm going to buy 16 bottles of Charles Shaw. Mm-hmm. I get more for it. I get more for my buck. Like death. It's true. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty messed up after three bottles of wine with my steak. <laughs> but my point I don't being, know if it takes you 16. <laughs> my point being is, is if we as industry had chased our own tail rather than chasing somebody else's tail, mm-hmm. we would be at a place better for marketing in this day and age and, and sales than we are because we've been chasing the, beer, the wine industry. We have to remember the wine industry is about 10 years ahead of whatever we're thinking about now. They've already thought about it 10 years ago. They're about ready to come out with it. They're that, like 2,000 that years ahead of it. Yes. But the point, I mean, the thing is that if we keep chasing them for 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 ideas about what to do with marketing, we're always going to be behind them. We need to so, like so break out on our own and do our own thing. Let's, yeah, re- let's recap. What have we learned here? Uh, brewers, no thirty-three buck chuck. No thirty-three buck chuck. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, there's a there's a place for that, but everybody there, trying to do it is. Of course there is. Yeah. Well, but it, we but we tried to get into the high end when when high end wines were were uh, all the rage ten years ago, and now all of a sudden there's a downturn, and the and the winemakers may have seen this coming. I don't give them that much precedence, or that much prescience, but they may have seen something coming, and now they've poised themselves to be right at the point where they need to be in order to sell. To, in order to sell more alcohol this year in a downturn than the beer industry can sell. 
because we're we're all now poised to bring out our huge big bottles of of expensive beer, which would have been good five years ago, but it's kind of misplaced now. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Why did we get there? Because we chased the wine industry. We, we we were looking for them for trends, and we shouldn't have been looking for ourselves. Yeah, for but trends. but wine is notorious for chasing its own trends, right? So look at the over oak chardonnays. Well, sure, like sure. everybody said, oh, I love the, how this tastes. And then everything became that mm-hmm. totally yucky, woody taste. Well, right? They, and, they ru- within, and they ruined Chardonnay for like 10 years. And now the trend is to not do that. But within their own industry, they, they, they recognize mistakes a lot faster than outsiders do. Sure. And they, go, they, they, they trend off that or, they, or only a few will keep continuing to do that for the niche markets. Right. Uh, and the rest of the industry will go wherever it needs to go. Right. Uh, but we, as a beer industry, we always key off of what 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 is selling for the wine industry. What, what's the wine industry making money off of, and what can we do to capitalize on that? We should be sticking with our own thing, right. making the best quality product we can for the lowest price point we can. And if we can't sell this bottle for less than eight bucks, then so be it. But if we can, let's do let's sell it for right. less than eight bucks. Let's not put this bottle of beer in a French restaurant and try to sell it for thirty bucks a bottle right. to, to to compete with half bottles of wine. That's all I'm saying. If you build it, they will ignore it. Exactly. I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the uh, let's not try to outmarket ourselves. Let's, let's stay in our market. Well, the you know it goes back to that that idea of somebody buying the forty dollar bottle of wine or bottle of beer because they think. It's going to be good because it's forty dollars, mm-hmm. right? So look at um, look at that bottle that we tried the other day, the Tactical Nuclear Penguin, right? I don't know what that costs. I think it's a hundred and fifty dollars a bottle by the time it gets here, and it was horrible, right? That was, that was the worst beer that I've had, you know, in two thousand ten. And you know, not to say that, what? Yeah, you're making the Bugs Bunny face, or you're saying cut me off. You told me your policy about oh, yeah. reviewing beers. No, 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 but we didn't. No, we didn't. That's John's policy for guests, not for himself. <laughs> it's John's no, no, show. I'm just saying. No, I'm just he saying it like was whatever he wants okay. To like. it, it was it was interesting to taste it, but I don't want a whole bottle of it. <laughs> yes. You know, and at 150 dollars a bottle, hell no, I don't Please want a don't bottle. Please don't write letters. <laughs> right? I, I'm not interested. Even, that was the worst beer you had this year. Yet we drank at Twenty One A last night and at brunch today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one last, one last, one last point on this: that, that, that for beer or wine people who might be listening, that, that transcends both um, markets or is part of both markets. Uh, marketing research has shown that people will go with a price point people more than they will a brand. Go. So if suddenly tomorrow Budweiser became eighteen bucks a six pack, people will go. If they're paying three bucks a six pack today, they'll go. People will. Most people, and myself included, will look for a similar product that's around my price point rather than follow Budweiser up to eighteen bucks for a six pack. So if you're making a decent beer, a decent wine right now for six bucks, seven bucks, and you're selling a shitload of it every day, don't mess with. A good thing. Yeah. Keep it. At, try to keep your price point. Keep your keep your population. Once you move out of your price point, you will lose some of your following. Right. Well, here's a good. This this whole country is a good example of that, right? So, uh, uh, 
I don't know, pick one. Hey, you're pointing to the Belgian I'm, map I'm, there. I'm pointing to the Belgian map, yeah. right? Country. This country. Podcaster understands this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pointing to the map, and I'm saying pick something. And the thing that happens is a lot of these little breweries can only make so many barrels a year. That's it. They can't make another one, right? There is no chance of putting another fermenter in because the fermenter's 500 years old, right? And to put a new one in means it's not going to taste anywhere near... Okay. What that old one did. Exactly. You're going to use the drinking fountain to and, open that? Oh, that's a good idea. Bring a glass with it. <laughs> it brings up. But so so they, they you know the, that's that's it for that and that that's it for that season that's it for that style, right? And the next year when when it sells out it sells out. Mm-hmm. And so it's whatever the market will bear for that determines the cost of that, but it also may be that the brewer goes, no, this beer is eight dollars or five dollars or two dollars or whatever, whatever that is, and they're content to they're content with that price, yes, because they know that it won't sell any for any more than that in their local because 150 years ago, old grandpa, grand, great, 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 great grandpa tried to charge fifty cents more for it and nearly got strung. Yeah, it didn't work. Another thing to, you know, I don't want, I'm not going to mention any beers, but if you're in a local area that what has a, cool a microbrewery label. and that microbrewery is like upscaling, uh, an interesting thing to do with yourself, and even though you might be sympathetic to that beer, you might be, uh, might be not ob- completely objective, an interesting thing to do is to uh, follow the beer before the change is made and mm-hmm. then follow the beer after the change is made because I'm a firm believer in any one if you have a beer that you love now and that beer is made on a certain system and that's the way it's been done for the last 10 years if that system upscales from let's say 20 barrels to 50 barrels Mm -hmm. to 100 barrels to 1000 barrels that beer is going to change because any I've learned from my process as a home brewer as well as a professional brewer that any change you make anywhere along in the process changes the final product. Yeah. People don't realize that changing one part of the process changes the whole process. Mm-hmm. And the you beer get a new is kettle. going to change. If, like, you, for example, you get a new kettle. A new kettle. Or a larger kettle. Or your recipe, you try to scale up your recipe from 10 barrels to 20 barrels to 30 barrels to 50 barrels. Or 5 gallons to 10 gallons. 10, 5 gallons to 10 gallons. People assume it can be done because it's, it's, a, it's all chemistry. It's all, it's all logic. It's all, it all works. Yeah. But it doesn't, doesn't work. It's no, interesting. It I never work. thought about oh, that. Oh, you know, it's in a, in, like, for example, you scale your, you get a new kettle, right? And it's a little wider than it is. And so before, you were counting on that convection to do the stirring. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, the heat with transfer within that, yeah. well, it doesn't do it the same way. It's so now it's thing that <clears throat> changes along the way is going to change your final product. And I'm a firm believer in that, and uh, and it's interesting. We all know now of we all know on West Coast East because we all know of small breweries that are upscaling to meet the demands of the market, whatever mm-hmm. that market may be. Uh, well, I predict those beers will not be as. They'll be different. They won't be necessarily worse or, di- or, or bad. They'll just be different than what you expect now. So uh, people He's who are, still bitching about expensive beer. People, <laughs> brewers especially, who are making a marketing plan based upon, I'm going to sell this beer oh, yeah. that I make on a 10-barrel system now. I'm going to sell a crap load more of it. If I make a 100-barrel system later on, you may not because the beer is going to be different. That's all I'm saying. The beer is going to be different because the process changes. 
and, and it's, it's an absolute to me. It's an absolute <laughs> best dream. <laughs> I think the next edition to uh, you know what the problem is school studios a mini fridge right. We here. need to put or the, a cooler. Yeah, we need to get the ice there like we had before. Yeah, because these are well, you know the. Well, I still have that thirty gallon uh, tasting drinkable uh, ice bucket I can bring next. Time. I'll bring. I have ice thing. Year. I have yeah, a idea. yeah. Somebody sent us this really cool flattenable ice thing. It's just we don't have ice uh, maybe here, took too much so I have to tubes. plan a little bit ahead to get make sure there's ice it's to make up for. And there's no day. real there's no ice on the way. Well, well of course really we were driving, good. so there was no. total oh, ice yeah, on the way. Good. But I'm gonna have a little bit more of that just in case it doesn't come back. Or in but, case I touch it again and it explodes just on its own. Okay, we're moving up to. Uh, uh, this is by uh, a shoe <coughs> growing from uh, the Ardennes Mountain region of of uh, Belgium, and it's it's called. Uh, uh, it, it's got an apostrophe in there, but it looks like nice chouffe. Gnome beer. Well, nice, nice, and apostrophe I C E chouff. And it's the Christmas ale. Ale brewed with spices, thyme. But what can you tell me about this beer that and I like Krakow so much here? This, this beer. Well, yeah, we're still kind of stuck on this. This is more back on the Didali. I want to finish up with this beer. I want some oh. more information on this beer. Jug shop because I, I love this beer. Yeah. You got this locally. I want. I want to know more about shop. this beer. Is it? Uh, well, what, what I'm getting is, is that it's that uh, roasted malt mm-hmm. that's smoky that's setting the uh, flavor profile for that beer. Now, are they doing something? Is it from the malt or is it? The sm- are they using a smoked malt, or is it yeah? I, I would say they are. Okay. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't no. know definitively. But that's my guess. Oh. From where I'm sitting, I'm sure they didn't run the uh, the the uh, the kettle f- uh, burner. Well, gases is, this, is, that, the, is that purposeful, or is that like house flavor? Do you think that's not a house flavor? Okay. In fact, that's the first time I've ever had that style from them. Yeah. And that's what style is it? It's extra export. It's a stout. It's a stout. Yeah. Oh. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a smoky stout. To me, it's the best beer we've had so far today, even including the monk's blood. I mean, yeah. I like a little the monk's blood. This, to me, is a complex, drinkable, and a lot going on in the bottle. And hey, speaking of steak, I could drink that. I could drink this. This would go. This would go well with steak. It would. It goes. It, it pairs well with food, John. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> no, pairs we're, with we're steak. Rid of that so if phrase. I tell you how much that was a bottle, you wouldn't like it. Though. I. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would I would save up to, to buy a bottle of this. How much was that bottle, bottle motor? I think the, the of the three bottles I bought, they the average was about eight bucks a bottle, and I'm okay, trying then. to remember which was the ten dollar bottle. So between and this is from this is from Jug Shop, between the goys, the goes the uh, stout and the my first exploding bottle. I think the first exploding bottle was the cheapest, and I think this is the nine ninety nine bottle. Well, then tell me then if you don't if you, if you if you can tell me this is this a a small what size bear, what size system are they using on, on this? Do you the know dole is pretty I, I don't small, know I think. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're pretty brain? small relatively okay. speaking, but I don't know hectoliters how many they're producing here. I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I, I just like saying hectoliter. Yeah. To me, it's, you know, a, it's, a, it's a well-made, perfectly balanced beer. That's I also like saying nice. counterintuitive, because it makes it sound like you really yeah. know what you're talking about. I think in I California, quaff, we I like say quaffing. My, my, my favorite word is quaff. Yeah. <laughs> that's very counterintuitive, uh, based on what I know about you, Mike. <laughs> I oh, really quaff that beer. I did quaff that beer, because I love this beer. This has got to be so much fun for listeners to just hear how the show evolves. I love this beer. And this is from Essen. 
or is it well, it, it, it is, but it's a different Essen. There's there's two, at least two Essens in Belgium, and there's an Essen Germany. Essen's a very popular name for towns in Europe. So where is this from? That Essen Belgium, but different than from where they have the Essen and Christmas is, beer what, festival. What brewery is this? Didali. 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 The crazy brewers. Didali Brewers. Mm-hmm. Is it a ancient brewery or is it a newer brewery? It's newer. It's newer. Yeah. Like in the last twenty years, or yeah. Although I think their facility is an ancient brewery. There used to be something different things through the years. Well, yeah. They have my vote. Yeah. I love that beer. I recommend them. Try other styles from them too, if you like that one. I do. I like that a lot. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about? Can we talk about pricing on beers? <laughs> I just want to talk about the psychology of money when it comes to purchasing beers, and I ask you what your take is on it. Okay. Ask. <laughs> well, well, your money is such a. It. It means different things to different people. Sensitive commodity. Yeah, and it, it's so subjective. It is. And it, uh, like you think about uh, how much are you willing to pay for a gallon of milk compared Not to any price. A, like a gallon of a gallon of milk, for example, costs more than a gallon of gas. So should we drink gas? No. But you pay that much. <laughs> if you go to my store, my, 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 I don't want to give any shameless plug, but my store has Sunnyside Farms, which is a local distributor, and I can get two half gallons for the price of two half, for the same price as two half gallons of the biggest national com, uh, competitor. So, and water costs more than gasoline. Water so what's costs, up with that? This is San Francisco. You can buy water, a twelve-ounce bottle of water. Water yeah. costs a lot in this town. It does. A thousand hectoliters. What? Dodoli. Do they? Yeah. Yes. How many barrels is that? Uh, you work in the <laughs> German. You work in the Aust- Austro-Hungarian Empire. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of know. Like, I'm, I'm just. Wait, let's see. I okay. thought you would know, Motor, because that's like a. Bridge. No, I could do. That's I like could, a, We were talking about the the Google I could, age. I could how do. Many, how many hectares is that? I think it's forty hecto acres. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a Brazilian liters. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's irreconcilable. That's, that's a really big number, a Brazilian liter. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big nut. <laughs> um, money. Money, yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the problem is, is that, the, uh, you know, one of the rules of beer school falls into play here, and that is you like what you like. No one talks about beer school. No one talks about beer school. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of true lately. But um, <clears throat> um, What happens at beer school? No, it doesn't. It goes on the air. It goes on the internet. Um, no, you like what you like. And so, for example, the, the, the gallon of milk uh, example doesn't apply to me because I hate milk. I don't, I, don't, I don't like to drink it. I don't like what it does to my allergies. I'm just not a fan. And You just haven't had the right milk yet. I think breast milk is really sour. Well, <laughs> it is. It is kind of sour. It's not sweet. I don't know you think it would be. No. I call that man a liar. So, anyway, I haven't. I. I don't. I'm not a fan. And so, but I also know that when uh, when I'm out and I'm enjoying things, uh, the price of whatever it is doesn't often uh, come into play because it's like, oh my gosh, the Stone Belgian collaboration beer is up mm-hmm. right i want that right and even if it costs eight dollars i don't care because i want to try that now when i go to a 
when I go to a, a place, a, a bar or a brew pub that has beer in by the glass, whether it's a pint or whether it's a smaller glass, uh, I never question the price. I never even ask about the price. So if it's five, six bucks a pint, you know, I'll think about that later. Think, oh, I don't really care. But when I go to the store, uh, if I buy beer off off of the rack, uh, yeah, I'm, I want, I would be willing to go without gas in order to buy beer. Um, and when I buy a six pack of beer, I want it to be around seven ninety nine and no more. And mm-hmm. I will make it. I will make a conscious choice to avoid a beer that I normally would like at when it's nine ninety nine because I know it'll come back in a couple weeks. It'll come back to be in the seven ninety nine special. See. I will buy something that is similar at seven ninety nine. What, what I feel like the, my my beer taste is worth. Okay, uh, I'll. Buy that beer now. If I'm looking for something special, though, like a winter beer or Christmas beer, all costs goes up the window. I'll right. buy whatever I think is going to be extraordinary. And if that's 13 bucks for a 22 ounce bottle, or that's six bucks for a six pack, I'll, I'll buy that. I want what I want at that point in time. But on a daily day basis, I'm looking for something that's about seven ninety nine a six pack. Well, I'm going to go one different, and I'm going to say I'm going to buy the 22. Because we talked about this. Yeah, a little bit. The idea is is that <clears throat> six pack, well, maybe I don't want to commit to a six pack, but right now when I want my last beer to be something or I want a beer, I'm gonna get specifically what I want. True, but now, and I and I should know the answer to this question, but yeah. as a as a brewer, but I I, I, I don't. As a consumer I, I don't. So what What's the better deal? A six pack at matter. seven ninety nine or a, a, a twenty two ounce bottle at three bucks? What's the what's the better deal? It doesn't well, matter. A six pack of seventy two ounces and a twenty two ounce bottle is roughly a little less than a third of that. So the six pack's a better deal if my math just held up. Yeah, Let's I'm review. Just, I'm curious. Six I'm times curious. twelve is seventy two. Yes. And twenty two times three is sixty six. So technically, uh, it's a little yeah, it's a little less than a than a third of a six pack. So technically, by volume, the same product, mm-hmm. the six pack's a better deal. And now, with people who will look at me and think, "Well, <coughs> so you can drink a twenty-two ounce bottle." The point is, for me, I like six packs because I can open up a twelve ounce bottle, and that's all I have to have right at this moment. If I open a twenty-two ounce bottle. I gotta drink the whole thing. No, you don't. You, you buy one of those stoppers you put in there with a, that you can seal it back up again. Yeah, but I don't. Like a wine bottle. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer. Once I open a bottle of beer, it's gotta be. Gone. It's gonna be committed to it's, it. It's gonna, I'm gonna commit to it. <laughs> that's very rigid. <laughs> it is rigid. Yes. Well, it's a fascinating thing. And, it's and irreconcilable. Part of part of the. Uh, uh, that's why I have a 12 trap draft system at my place. You do that's not. <laughs> do you know how big that would be? Not if it's just uh, five gallon cake. Do you know how big that would be? So next beer school's at Motors House. <laughs> I, I want to tell you what I do with my students in, in my beer class. It's at like Belgian BeerMe.com? Exactly. <laughs> I like Motors way of thinking. <laughs> um, I, I give them homework. And I say your homework is to beer! buy yourself a mixed six pack of Belgian beers. and uh, But don't look at the price. Just pick out... Based on maybe style or the label or the purple, the color, whatever, just just make a mixed six pack and buy it. Uh, well, and then I say, and then pay for it and enjoy it. And it's very liberating because what it does is it gets you over the price thing. 
Yeah, so now you're not going to feel like you're nickel and diamond yourself. Was this four bucks a beer, six bucks a beer? Just, you know, just just do it. You got to get over that hump, and once you do, it's it's it frees you up, and you can really um, uh, expand your horizon, mature your palate, and have a uh, just a better quality of beer life. I like that. Ooh. Bless you. Oh, it'll be sucking. The band's back. I want to say that, well, anyway, it's me. It's my show. Yes. You know, and I started this, but I've learned lots from being on the show. And one of the things that, that's come into play is what you're talking about, is that I'm not thinking about how much the beer costs. I didn't even have this. I'm sorry. And why should you, you know? Unless you're... Well, actually, there's two times when I think about what the beer costs. It's Tuesday. Where do I want to go? What? What? Yeah, it's happy hour all night long on a Tuesday. So where's going to be the best place to spend my three dollars? Yeah. Where I'm going to get the where I'm going to find the enjoyment, and then the other time is, uh, am I am I going to the baseball game or not? Am I staying at the bar to watch the game or am I going to the ballpark? Because if I'm going to the ballpark. We're having another beer here before we go. So you're front loaded if you don't want the 16 dollar <laughs> beer. Yes, yeah. yeah, so, so it's different psychology that comes into play. It is it's very interesting too. It's uh, like um, as Mike stands looking at the six packs and his his cap is uh, uh, eight bucks for a six pack, right? But then when we go and buy a draft beer, you're, you you know there's something and they want six bucks for it and you're like. All right. Exactly. Well, yeah, where'd I, that psychology exactly. go? It just went out the freaking exactly. window. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, you know. But. So you have gross, grocery store psychology and then you have yes. taproom psychology. Because as a, as, and there's no sinister plot here or anything. But, oh, sure there is. But, but as brew pubs go, they tend to raise their prices proportionally as they all do. So one brew pub may go from five to six bucks for a six pe- for a pint. One may go from four bucks to four and a quarter. But they all do raise their prices at pretty much the same time. And that's not because they're in cahoots. That's because the, 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 their, their, their costs are going up. Malt, hops, energy, that's all going up at the same time. Water. Water, it's all going up. Um, so yes, when I sit down at the bar, at a brew pub specifically, and I order the beer. I want, I, I want that beer. If it's for yeah, for the silly ass twelve and a half half ounces, I'm going to get in the California pint. We call it, you know, the California pint, which is actually you know really only a fourteen ounces if you don't include the the, the foam. Um, yeah, I'm paying like six bucks, mm-hmm. and for for me, that's not an issue. But I've, uh, when I go home, I realize, you know, you, you just. You just paid for one glass, yeah. which you could have almost an entire six-pack for, if you just stayed home. But then I wouldn't hang out with Mother we and George and, and, and John. Yeah, we and wouldn't have, have that fun. experience. And part right. of you know that's that's so I, I, part I, I'm, of it. I'm allowing I'm allowing some of that money to be spent for the idea that I'm being engaged or entertained rather than sitting home drinking a pack of right. a six pack of anchor while I'm watching reruns of the wire. I wish I would know? have taken like one economics class in college so I could toss out some <laughs> goofy terms right now like captured you know uh, diminishing returns. Yeah. No, more uh, captured intangibles. How about cap- that, that just sounds good. It's captured intangibles yes. that you're discussing. Yes, it well, is. And it's very hard to quali- quantify the captured intangibles. And, some, um, uh, I and, and especially the, because it is a non-tangible. It, it is. It is. Yeah. You, yes. you can't measure it. I mean, it doesn't... You can't tangent it. You're, you're paying... Yeah. You're, 
whether you're paying three bucks for a pint, uh, a pint or <laughs> six bucks for a pint, you're, you're part of that. Part of that money is going for the social aspect of the beer. You know, whether it's the guy you can't stand next to you talking about you know his day at work, or the hot chick next to you talking about how she likes to color your eyes, you you, you can't get that at home with a seven ninety nine six pack of of, of Anchor Steam. No matter how good that beer is, you right. can't get that. You, you're paying part you're, of that you're price. Paying. You're paying for if the, if the brew pub or the pub or the pub is that intangible that you can't get at home. Right, and and some people call that the third place. Have you heard that expression before? No, I never have. No. Yeah, have you guys heard that? The oh, third place. I don't know what that is. Well, the, the third place is uh, first place is your home, second place is where you work, and the third place is where you go. Oh, this is my living room. Yeah, you're talking about my living room. <laughs> so, so your first place and third place are the same place. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, I don't have a living room. I, I didn't coin. I never really did have a living room. <laughs> okay. Right? My home was the you know the, the the reset right the place where I went at the end of the night, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been that way for a really long time. Not by choice, but that's that's the that's the situation. And so, uh, and then there's work, which I really I mean you know this is awesome. It's yeah. It's a. Uh, uh, lots of light by the water. There's a band playing on the weekends. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun, right? Work is work is a good time. And then uh, then there's my living room, which is pretty much everywhere. <laughs> oh, all my three are the same. <laughs> <laughs> you live at the bar. <laughs> he does work at the bar. <sighs> hey, you guys, I, I looked up uh, Didali and the oh, cool. Guy. Back to we Didali. Were to get a definitive answer on that's an excellent. You know, I, I said that meant crazy brewers. I I stand corrected. It's mad brewers. Yeah. Oh. So just a slight difference in interpretation there. But um, anyways, these guys took over the old uh, Costa Noble Brewery in the village of Essen. So it was a former brewery, mm, okay. and it's in West Flanders. And uh, there's been a brewery on that site since 1835. Yeah. So. So it's not terribly old. It's, it's not by European standards, not by 1301 or right. 1625 standards. Yeah. So, interesting. No, they make an excellent beer. How, how, many, how many styles do they make? Well, they, they list here, they list uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Really? But, you know, that probably changes all the time with sure. experimental beers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would like to try all their beers. One of a kind. It's better going on a tour. So called BelgianBeerMe.com. <laughs> <laughs> and go on the tour. Well, there's either, depending on how you look at this, there's either uh, four tours or three tours left. Right. Yeah. Because there's the secret double tour. There is. Yeah. Not so secret because it's on the card. But, yeah. yeah. What beer are we drinking now? Uh, this is Nice Chouf. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Gnome it's, beer, it's, 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 as it's known yeah. as... I had the they were pimping the they have this at 21A Christmas time. I had their winter beer at 21A. It was very nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when we had the when we did the uh, the dinner in the brewery. Mm-hmm. And they had it on the bottle list for a while. Yeah, that was good Good times. Ashif does a nice job. They, they uh, do. It's a, very sta- it's a, I won't say a standard a Belgian ale, but it's a workhorse of the Belgian beer industry. It's, it's always good. It's always like what you think it's going to be. Yeah. It's not, you know, different. It's always... Could be what it's going to be. It's, it's good nice. beer. It's good beer. It's brewed in this scenic little mountain town in the Ardennes called the Shoof, about 20, 20 kilometers uh, <laughs> north of Bastogne, where the famous Battle of Bastogne mm-hmm. was, which was part of the Ardennes. Uh, what they what they call the Battle of the Ardennes, we call it Battle of the Bulge. So for me and my wife, as 
World War II buffs, we would also enjoy this brewery. Yeah, you could do the, you could do the museum there. and the brewery in the same day. Mm-hmm. They have a little tavern at the brewery that serves excellent food and all their beers. And they they do a neat little twist to the McShoof, which is their brown ale. And uh, this is, a, I think, is actually their McShoof that's turned into a Christmas beer with a few more spices mm-hmm. and whatnot. But what they do with the McShoof at the tavern is they have a McShoof Royale where they pour you a... Uh, uh, glass of Here beer. we call it the Big Mac. Mm. Sure, why not? <laughs> and then they put a shot of port in it. Ooh. Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. And it's called the McShoof Royale oh. or the Big Mac. The Royale yeah. cheese. Yeah, it was, so it's really good. You can, you can try it. You can try it yourself at home. Yeah. We got here. They call it Royale with port. <laughs> Say, you I can't walk in there and ask for a Big Mac. No, you have to ask for a Royale with port. <laughs> <laughs> you ask for a Big Mac, they look at you like you're a dadol. <laughs> you're in the wrong bar, sir. <laughs> you're mad. All, 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 all I want to say about, 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 about these, this type of beer is that uh, people who come, people of my age who have... You mean old people. Old people. <laughs> who have come up Lord. with... Well, about twenty, about fifteen years ago, you had maybe three or four different Belgian beers in this country that were available: Schuf, Duval, Chimay, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a, a couple others. Uh, and now, and now, people who are like 20, 25 years old, they have all these beers to choose from. So, as an older Belgian beer drinker, well, I have not been, been to Belgium. All I have to to have my experience is is what I've had in this country. Mm-hmm. When I go to Tornado and order a Schuf or a, Schuf or a Duval or a Chimay, the younger Belgian beer drinker who might be drinking this is looking at me like, what are you drinking that for? It's like, is that, that's old school. That's, when, you, that's, when you say this, what do you mean? What are they drinking? They're, oh, they're drinking some other esoteric goose or, or, or oh. Chappell or something that is... They, 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 younger Belgian beer drinkers t- seem to think of the 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 older uh, Belgian um, distributed beers in this country as being like old school or not quite as good as the newer beers that they're exposed to. Even though this beer may be 300 years older than the beer you're drinking now, uh, people. T- I get the impression that people who are coming to Belgian beers as a 20 or 21 or 22-year-old have a lot more to choose from now than, it, than they did than yeah. I did 15, 20 years okay. ago. And as a fact, I've, I've gotten used to the Schuf or Chimay yeah. or Duval, and oh, I kind of yeah. like that. And I'm, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm looking down upon when I'm in a, in really? a Tornado when <coughs> everyone else is having some other esoteric smaller bottle than I'm having. You know, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just yeah, me. Maybe just be a little insecure. <laughs> Because <laughs> no, I, I see people drinking everything oh, really yeah. across the board. Um, I, maybe what you're seeing is, uh, you know, you're looking at maybe a more advanced Belgian beer drinker where they've already had Chimay and the Schuf, and so they're looking for the Monk's Cafe Sour Ale, something new and exciting. But, you sure. know, we, have, we, we do the same thing, too. Like, if you and I went into a, a, any bar, we're probably not having a uh, pale ale. We're probably trying something else. Mm-hmm. True. Same, yeah, same yeah. thing. Same thing. But... A Rataburger. A Rataburger, yeah. So. But. Interesting. I love, I love the shoof, all the shoof beers. I love all the shoof beers. They're, they're excellent beers. We look just to because you they for, come in a bigger bottle. to you just, for direction, John. Just because they come in a bigger bottle doesn't mean that they're, they're, <laughs> they're not good beers. <laughs> Gnome beer. 
Gnip gnip. So the best part about beer school is gnip gnip. We haven't finished all the beer yet, have we? Oh no no. I'm the just gonna, we're going to talk about the homework because I want to get the homework in here because I think it's a I think it's gnip a good gnip idea. Gnip. So generally, uh, I make up the homework, you know, at the very very last second, and I'm going to steal Stu's homework sure. uh, for the for the homework. Uh, the idea being, go buy six random bottles of beer that came from Belgium and and enjoy it. I think I did that today. Without, <laughs> without, without looking at the price. Without looking at the price, and so um, and don't look at the size. Don't I've done the don't homework. let the size of the bottle even enter into it. No. Um, you know, or the label motor. <laughs> oh no! You can buy a yeah. You can buy a beer based you. on the on the label. Um, but don't, but but don't, but don't, thr- don't be taken aback by the what looks like a a, a label that came off of a laser printer, sure, sure exactly, uh, or a label that looks like it's uh, been damaged or screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure that you know you get the because uh, you can't judge these beers by the bottle or the label no, or the anything because you don't know first you can't off judge a book by its cover. No, cannot. Uh, you can judge the girl by what. Buy the shoes. Um, anyway, no, I don't think so. that sounds like a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> um, people, um, where was, I had a thought that I was going to say something about. God, now I've lost it. Oh, you girl, by the it. shoes. Keep going. No, it was yeah. before that. <laughs> uh, no, no. God, uh, great. Uh, photocopied label, uh, different sizes, uh, different styles. Don't speak. Be- uh, don't speak French or Flemish or Dutch. Uh, map? No. Uh, well, where was that? Come Free on. hat? Are you just, just stringing together phrases now? German, clean. Irreconcilable. Yes. Hollertown. Tart. Hollertown. Double hops. Tart. Tart. Sour. Precision. Had to do with Cleanliness. The homework. <laughs> the homework. The homework is beer. Uh, Go buy some Belgian beer. Yeah, yeah, go buy some Belgian beer. Don't let the size of the label. The, oh, the, I knew where I was going to go. With oh, okay, this. cool. It came back to me now. The size of yeah, the label. Um, uh, people often say, "Well, what makes Belgian Belgian beer?" Well, it's brewed in Belgium. You know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of things. You know, the, the the quick answer is is they use different ingredients. Their hands aren't tied. They don't have the Reinhardtsgebot and holding them back. Impurity laws. Right. They bottle condition. They, they add sugar. That, which is part of the bottle conditioning oftentimes they they have uh, ancient techniques like uh, lambics and gooses but uh, the common denominator is is almost every Belgian beer with the exception of some table beers and session beers are higher in alcohol than your average American beer so thus when you have one you feel happier quicker there's no denying that it takes you to a happy place and it's a form of escapism, just like going to see a movie is. So if uh, you hate your job, you hate your relationship, you hate your car, you hate your parents. Play the uh, record backwards and wh- wh- get it all back. Wh- whatever it is, uh, you know, you can just escape from it and go to a happy place with a nice glass of Belgian beer in about 45 seconds. <laughs> Third it, place. And it's a, Third it, place. It's, it, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it, so let's say a, a bottle costs six bucks, but that's pretty cheap to go to Happy Place in about forty-five seconds. It is, and it's legal and not necessarily addictive. Even if you have Kaiser, it beats a, 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 a prescription for Xanax. You know, <laughs> exactly. So there you go. I mean, seriously, Belgian beer takes you to a happy place quick. 
And one serious question I have about Belgian beers is, are most Belgian beers done now with proprietary yeast, or who who is still making beer based on wild yeast alone in, in Belgium? Well, not very many, just a handful. Okay. There's just a handful of those guys. Okay. So most Belgian beers now are proprietary yeasts. Yeah. They have their own stock and trade of the yeast. They do. They're not waiting for God to come and put his finger, his or her finger into <laughs> Mr. it. Mr. Dammit. No. We're not on a first-name basis with that guy. You know, people no. who okay. uh, are... Uh, <laughs> we talked about sour ales earlier, and there's a lot of people are really into them. And I get people to write me and say, well, why don't you just have like a uh, Lambic Goose tour? And I'm thinking, well... You know, in a perfect world, that would be fun. But the fact of the matter is, it's hard enough to fill normal Belgian beer tours because that's just like a fraternity within a fraternity of beer drinkers. Right. So now, if I if I want to do a Lambic Goose tour, it's a fraternity within a fraternity within a fraternity. Forget There's it. like five it's guys. Tough. It's yeah, exactly. And and only one has enough money and time to do it. Right. So right. <laughs> Only one's working. Let's go see blenders. <laughs> what about a blender a, a blender tour? Yeah. Well, that's that's the same thing. Yeah, you know, because most of these, these <coughs> most of these goose guys are blenders. They don't produce it. Mm. They 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 buy the lambic and then they blend it. Mm. So when's your trip to San Diego? Um, why do you ask? Well, I'm just making fun of San Diego because they've chased this style. They all have a Belgian style that they're doing. Yeah, they're doing some great things down there. Yeah. <clears throat> that that does bring up a point. People say, well, when are you going to start doing beer tours in the U.S.? And uh, here again, in a perfect world, but you know, it's not like there's a ton of European people looking to come over here to do a tour. Right. Well, and it's pretty easy to just get the car and drive to Russian River or drive to Stone or that, drive to... Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Tours, yeah. tours. You know, one of the reasons... Uh, and, and stuff is so spread out. It'd be really hard. It'd be more difficult to do. That's one of the beauties of Belgium is that it's compact, and also, um, um, it's a foreign place, and uh, it's harder. It, it's harder for Americans to go to Belgium and rent a car and drive around because it's very intimidating with different driving laws and language barriers and whatnot. But it's easier for Europeans to come over and rent a car and just go crazy. Well, also, Europeans by nature, the fact that Europe is made up of a bunch of smaller countries, Europeans are used to international travel, whereas Americans are not. Good point. <laughs> it is. So, but I've thought about it. I've thought about like a Northern California beer tour because I have my fa- favorite places I like to go, like uh, Lagunitas and Russian River and uh, and North Coast Brewing Company and Anderson Valley and Bear Republic, and, and just all those I named right there would be a great little beer tour for somebody from another country. You know. Yeah. But uh, oh, I got about ten of them. Twenty one A. Of course. The place sucks. Off and on. <laughs> off, off and on. Seriously, off and on, off and on. I mean I love twenty one A as a as a local place, but I don't know that I don't I don't know that it would have the drawing power for to get somebody from Switzerland to come over and and, and be part of the tour. Sure it would, because you're gonna do San Francisco breweries. You're gonna yeah. start and you're you can easily start there. you could also with a group you can easily bring a group in there and, and set them down someplace. Mm-hmm. Whereas some other places you can't because it's crowded. Uh, they've got a good representative style. You can also, you know, and maybe, and maybe that will that will will, will change. But I mean, I think that I, I don't know. But but, but, but Russian River, like I mean, they've been bottling for they've been bottling for a while. Their their beer, their beer is wider available than say Twenty One A. Twenty One A is still kind of a, a local phenomenon, except even though the cans are in ten states now, it still is kind of a local. You're phenomenon. just a, you're a can hater, aren't you? I'm not. I don't, I, <laughs> I, no. 
Let me, let me tell you a small story about myself real quick. Mike, why do you hate America? I, I love America. <laughs> Back when I was first getting started in the thing about beer, as we all know from my the Epiphany show, oh, right. my gateway beer was Henry Whitehard. After I had him, I, I drank nothing but Henry Weinhardt for years. Thinking it was the, it was this is as good as American beer can get. I remember that. Okay. Although like, at that time you used to rant about how I'm not going to buy beer that's more than three ninety nine a six pack. Well, at that time, <laughs> that time Henry Weinhardt was two ninety nine a six pack, so I was a little, I was oh, a little man, my I was, limit. <laughs> you know? And then they started bundling it in twelve, and that, in twelve packs a friend of mine for who was like seven dollars. Oh, she tried Moosehead. Moosehead's better than Henry. I thought, uh, okay, I tried Moosehead. No, no, this is not better than anymore. What the hell are you thinking about? This is all about 1985, 86, right? 83, 84, yeah. Okay, yeah. That time frame. And then, so... Because I went through the same thing. So, we're, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm coming up on, my, on a, a big birthday party for myself, and people are saying, what, do you, what beer are you going to... I'll come if you have beer. <laughs> and I was like, what beer are you going to have? And blah, 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 blah. Anyway... I know what Henry, I'm getting you. <laughs> Henry went and Moosehead. Anyway, Moosehead comes out in a can around this time. Moosey comes out in a can. And so does Henry Weinhardt. So I had two I, I, I my backyard I went out with this two like I went to Ocean Supply, bought two big wheelbarrows, filled them up with ice. And one I had Henry Weinhardt's in cans, one I had Moosehead in cans. People loved it. We, we thought cans was like the next we thought cans are gonna beat bottles by a mile. And of course the, the cans went away. Now you can't find Henry Weinhardt anything but a bottle. Can you even find Moosehead anymore? Is Moosehead even available anymore? I mean, it's got renamed as Moose Droll. Maybe so, but no, that's a Missoula beer. <laughs> but yeah. for, a, for there was a point in time where I thought canned beer uh. was the best it was ever going to be. Henry Weinhardt in a can was like my go, my favorite beer. Don't even try to tempt me with anything else. Henry Weinhardt in a can is the best beer I'm ever going to have. Well, I mean, you can take cans away. by the pool or the beach and out to the oh, seaside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go skydiving with them. I like skydiving. Cans. Can't. Take them on the boat. Spelunking. Spelunking. You don't want to go spelunking with bottles. And you might break a, the bottle. And now as a kind of a professional brewer, to me, I know that cans are a superior container. So cans are superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to, who would want a bottle? If you, if, you, if you knew everything about every container that you could possibly do, who would want a bottle? Just that people have. And the bottom line is, every man likes a nice can. Exactly. Yeah. And they're, you know, who, that, Exactly right. Gets colder faster. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't mention. Well, I will. That was funny. That was funny. When I went on this <laughs> last year, when I went on the Sierra Nevada tour, that when I went doesn't Sierra break as easy. <laughs> when I went on the Sierra Nevada tour, uh, if you go to Sierra Nevada on their tour, it's a phenomenal tour. They show you everything. You think you're going for a half hour tour. No. Three hours later, you're still going. When is this tour going to end? Because they, they show you everything. All the, they show you the solar collectors on the pan, on, on the on the on the roof. They show you the the, the heat CO2 exchange sequestering balloon, which is you know, and I, the heat I mean, exchangers. The, the heat exchange. They show that, you everything. That isn't exchanging heat. It's capturing heat. It's capturing. They, they, they show you everything. Uh, and somebody, I, it wasn't even me. Somebody asked the question. Well, when is Sierra Nevada going to go to go into cans? And the guy gave a very open answer. He says, "We have we we love cans. We have so much money tied up in our bottling line. Yeah. We, to to turn around now and go to a canning line would mean an investment of like several million bucks over a course immediately. Not not over the course of a couple of years, but immediately. We can't do it. 
we've, yeah. we've, we've changed our crowns. He said, but that's the best we can do. We can't, we, we can't foresee. That, oh, that, yeah, that that, was, and that's why they need to go to a brewery that already has a canning line and contract brew. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. Problem solved. They didn't answer that question. <laughs> but they, they, they said, we, we, we I don't should, mind cans. I should we, be a brewing engineer. We can see Sierra Nevada in cans. We said, we can't, we, can't invest, we can't put the investment know, into it. That's contract all. brewing. Hey, uh, can I add to the homework, may I? Yes, go ahead. As, an, as maybe an adjunct uh, adjuncts are, all, are Adjuncts are allowed on the show. Okay. Um, so the homework was to get yourself a mixed six-pack of yep. Belgian beer. Don't look at the label. Don't look at the size of the bottle. Yep. Yeah, uh, the price. Don't look at the price. You can look at the oh, label. Oh, no, don't look at... No, you... Well, I, I'm sorry. Don't judge by the size or the label. Right. Right? If it looks cool, just get it. Yeah. So... Uh, also, uh, share some of this with uh, a friend who's never had Belgian beer before. Oh, invite all your friends. Yeah. Like, get four or five people together and, and, and try them. And become the cool guy that whenever you show up at a party or they come to your house, you've got the great beer. Mm-hmm. And people look forward to it. And also, um, be, be an advocate of using uh, stemmed glassware for beer, even if it's just a wine glass. Get Number one, get people to stop drinking out of a can or bottle. Uh I love cans. Um, we've evolved <laughs> as beer drinkers, and your beer. How you gonna know if your beer is cold if your, the mountain is not blue? Your beer. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to re- rely upon how it feels in your hand, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, gets colder yeah. faster. So glass beer. <laughs> Or beer glasses, advocate the use of them. Stem, get away from the pint glasses, and um, and share the beer. Yes, share the beer. I, yeah, share the beer. It's kind of the rule. I mean, you'll always share beer with. Make make Stan's living room the third place. <laughs> By the way, I didn't coin that expression. I think it's a British no, I'm expression. Sure no, it's yeah. yeah, it's somebody somebody wrote it in some paper about ten years ago, and people are no. starting to use it. Yeah, where it's the, the, the third place. I there is no totally third, agree the, with that because there's no there's no place like that bar stool where there's the yeah that magic mixture of things going on around you at that moment that you probably can't each time is different because it you is. can't mimic it each and time each time is different anything could happen you could be sitting next to a guy who you hate as a jerk you could be sitting next to a beautiful woman yep. you could, or you could be ta- having a political conversation or anything in between you, can't you don't know what's going to happen political conversation with a beautiful woman who's a jerk that's right <laughs> No, you can't. You can't mimic it. Each time is different, so that's why I still like the bar scene because it's like you never know what's going to happen, and that's why I'm still willing to pay six bucks for a pint of the beer I can still have at home for six bucks a six pack. I'm still yeah. willing to go out and pay that to have it fresh, out of a draft, at a bar, with people around, yeah. so that I can have that interaction. There's something about it. There's something about it that's it's magical. Yes. I, I got a question for Motor. You you brought this up earlier. How yes. You, you said you have a sixth sense for finding. The brew pub or beer place in any town you show up in. Yes. And, and can you talk about like a, a downtown old brick building? I was gonna say usually by the train tracks. Look for the <laughs> look for look for the silo. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the yeah and yeah, the silo is a dead giveaway. Can you talk about a uh, particular experience when that happened? I was driving down with a friend. Uh, Back from Oregon, surprisingly not the Oregon Brewers Festival. Uh, some other thing, and we had wait a celebrator. Or I'd remember that there was a brew pub in uh, in Redding, California. 
Reading, I just imagine as being 120 degrees all summer long. Yes, it's at the far. It's beyond the north end of the, the Sacramento Valley. <laughs> uh, still, probably about an hour south of the Oregon border. But uh, we get off the freeway, and I go, okay, let's head this way. Let's head this way. Let's head this way. We ended up about a block from the Reno train station, and we came upon this place. Did that you, was see, a, did you th- see a Reno? No, Reading. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. So Redding, wow, you guys really got off the no, track there. Reading, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, we pull up out of business. Oh, no. I can even find out of business uh, brewery. But you still sniffed it, still sniffed it out. <laughs> you sniffed it right out. This is where it's going to be. This is exactly where it's going to be. It's like, oh, look, there it is. It's 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 a, almost formulatic here. It's funny because Russian River is exactly where you expect it to be. See, actually, I would blow it in Santa Rosa. No, when I was driving around looking for it, it was like, oh, it should be, oh, right here. <laughs> the very first time I was there. See, using my rules, I would find neither Russian River or Third Street in Santa Rosa. Because I'd go to the west side of the I would go, I would go to Old Railroad yeah, Square. Old town, old town. I would go to Old Railroad yeah. Square and go, there, yeah. those, oh, there's the Chili's. Or no, uh, Chevy's. Yeah, or there's the... That, but... The antique store. But when Acme Brewing was just a brewery, it was in Railroad Square. Mm, Was it really? Yes. Mm. And then they went out of business and sold their label to North Coast. (coughs) And Kilmer's. Remember Kilmer's? Yeah. Became Santa Rosa Brewing? Yeah. That'd be hard to find, too. That was across from Macy's and sort of like the north edge of the couple blocks down. Yeah, I never looked for a brewery right across from Macy's. No. That's not Santa Rosa is a neat little town to explore beer places. It's very nice. There's, yeah. there's two places I like to bring up that you haven't already, or we haven't already. It's one is uh, Cillo's Fifth Street Grill. Uh huh. Great hamburgers, nice little beer lineup. Great I've a- never been there. Nice atmosphere. It's in the West. Co- it's in the Camera Guide to West Coast you can, Beer. You, you can walk to it from uh, Russian River. It's just about it. a block and a half away. It's as far away as as, uh, as Third Street. It works. Yeah, one street coming back. And the other one is is called the Sweet Spot. You ever been to the Sweet Spot? I don't even know where that is. Well, it's, it's on Fourth uh, Street, and it's about uh, two blocks west of Russian River, and it's sort of the unofficial tap room for Lagunitas. Okay. And, and it was the official unofficial tap room for Lagunitas before they had their tap room. But uh, good food See, and almost always have all the Lagunitas. And my, wi- my wife loves Russian River um, because they have sour beer that Chardonnay. So she loves Russian River when we, go, when we go up there. So my question to you would be, how do I get my wife, if I say, oh, honey, there's another beer, she doesn't like Third Street Ale Works. She doesn't care for the okay. beer. So if I say, honey, there's another beer place down the street, it's only a like a block or two from yeah. here, how do I get her out of Russian River to go to another place? What, what's the what's the selling That's point? easy. You what's put a bottle of consecration. You drive down Fourth Street and you go, oh, there's no parking in front of Reg- Russian River. We'll try the next block. But if we're and at, you park in front of the place that you want to go but to. But if we're at Russian, Russian River. River already, what's, no, 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 what's no, 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 no. Point? You're not at Russian River because you just got to Santa Rosa. You're looking for a parking space. You say this downtown looks interesting. Why don't we just no, park she a block Russian River. River? She already wants to go. No, but you say this looks interesting. Let's see what else is down here, like shops. Shops. You accidentally find it, or um, you park in front of it, and that that as you as you're leaving Russian River, you go instead of the car, you go into the pub. So is there is there but, but there must be what would be your, what would be the beer the, what would be the beer style or the beer you can get at that place with the great hamburgers that you can't get at Russian River? Mm, well, well, no, no. I mean, you're not going to beat Russian River. I mean, that's I'm not going to happen. They have a nice little lineup of craft beers, but I mean, you, you're not going. <laughs> if you're going to go beer to beer, you're not going to beat Russian River there. 
So is it going to be cheaper though? Price point is going to be no, because Rush River is still like three dollars on Sundays. Well, I'm just curious. I'm just no, it's not, it's not a, it's why aren't we there? It's not a price thing. We need a car. So just just. You know, you told, you told me your your wife is a woman who likes variety. Yes, she likes and right variety. right there should yes. be the selling point. Yes, okay, good. So how, new, something different. Right? How she likes hamburgers. She likes hamburgers. Yeah, how about this one? All right. Yeah. You have pizza for lunch, dinner, and breakfast two days before you go to Russian River <laughs> and go, we should look for some place that doesn't have pizza because Russian River has great pizza, but we've had pizza for like three days in a row, honey. That, that's true. <laughs> that, that, that could be the point. Does right. you like Guy Ferrari on Food Network? No, she does not like him. Oh, okay. I like him, but she doesn't okay. like him. His restaurant, where he got started, is right down there, too, yeah. on 4th Street. Just named the Sweet Spot, too. is a, It's an intriguing name, the Sweet that's Spot. That's true. That's true. If I ever see the so, Pink Flamingo. As, as I, I recall, I think they have some Moonlighting <laughs> beers, or Moonlight beers, too, which are Moonlighting nice. strangers. I like Moonlight beers. I like yeah. Moonlight beers, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really all, great. All good, yeah. I wish they had a tap room. I had a great conversation. Tap rooms are just words. I don't see why people have to use words to describe places where people go drinking. What I have is a place where people go drinking, but it's not a tap room. I don't see why people call it. You're, you're channeling my- Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish they had a third third place. A third place. <laughs> I wish That's his van. Is that the van? His third place is his van. Want to taste beer? Get in the back of my van. I want Moonlight to drop off kegs of... Of uh, uh, Bombay by boat at Toronado again. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that's been there? Wow, wow. A long time. A long time. I mean, Death and Taxes is okay, but don't make that the staple beer there. No, no that's not their flagship. Yeah. Mm-mm. We were talking about sniffing out good beer places, and um, I, I think that uh, beer tourism in the U.S. is underrated. Um, I think that there are so many people who grab a Celebrator or a Northwest Brewing News, and they just go. And they go town to town, and they seek these places out, and that's not to be underestimated. No, no. I have a hypercard stack that I drew up in 1989. If you, if you find that source. I know where that stack is. Well, if you, if you send me the file, I will make it work again. Uh, my Northern California beer tour in hypercard. <laughs> We'll put that as one of the assets of the show, and you can download it and see what nineteen eighty eight. What still exists? Yeah, what nineteen eighty eight looked like. <laughs> one of my favorite things I like to do is drive across the country and hit brew pubs. And oh, yes. as you guys know, I I do a stand up comedy show on Mackinac Island every summer, and I I often have to drive across the country, and um, I always look out for the brew pubs, and and there's several hot spots going across the country. Number one. Um, Park City, Utah is making some awesome beers. Mm. That's what I've heard. And I want to, I want to go to Utah so Wasatch bad. Wasatch Brewing, people have said Squatters, the, 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 the major, the biggest changes in beer in the last ten years, there's not less than that, have been happening in Utah in the last few. Well, years. that's because those guys were restricted to an alcohol yeah, for the it's, longest time, it's and so like, it's like they, opening up the yeah, it's like opening up a whole new it, thing. So great stuff it's going untapped. on. It's and in Park City in the county, there is the as my friend as my friend who lives there tells me is like the only county in Utah that does not have a Mormon majority. So that's great. And then there's like this big wasteland going across Wyoming until you hit Rapid City, South Dakota. Then there's Firehouse Brewing has some nice well, beers. Cheyenne has Cheyenne has a brew pub. Really, I haven't been yeah, to that Cheyenne one. So I missed that one. Cheyenne has okay, a brew well I stand corrected. But it's on the Cheyenne's on the outer edge anyway. So. And then, uh, and then it's kind of a wasteland to hit Minnesota, and there's lots of stuff around uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. My new favorite one there is Surly Brewing Company, 
You ever heard of Surly Beer? Yeah, we've heard of those. John loves Surly. Yeah, (laughs) Surly. I was in Minnesota uh, back in September, and I really liked the Happy Gnome and the other and the something Sooty Pig or uh, what's uh, the one right by? I know you're talking about uh, Town Hall, I think, or something like that. Town Hall? No, Town Hall is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, yeah, they're like two blocks apart. Yeah. And then I'll, I had a good time there. Yeah, so a lot of good beer stuff. And the other Triple Rock. Minnesota. It's Triple Rock's uh, 24th birthday, by the way, today. Right now? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, today. Yeah. Heidi's been bugging me because I go, I'll be there 3 or 4 o'clock. There's another great brewery in Minnesota called uh, Lift Bridge. If you ever get to try and Lift Bridge beers. I just saw, a, 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 I like their label. Or their their shirt. Don't judge bridge, a beer by a shirt. My shirt. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, Lift Bridge is good. So then, then when you get into Wisconsin, Wisconsin is just exploding with great craft beers. Uh, you know, there's just so many. You could just spend a whole summer touring around Wisconsin. Uh, Sprecher. And if you're in Wisconsin, I don't, I don't know what the names of them are, but I've heard through the grapevine there's like five, three to five brew pubs that have just opened up in the last year in Chicago. In, in, in Chicago proper, the city lives of Chicago. Yeah. Whereas before they may, have, they may have only had one or two. Now there's like six or seven. Chicago's and just in the last year. On. Yeah. So if you're in Wisconsin, you may as well go to Chicago too. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. Hop, skip, and jump down the road. You know. That's right next door. Yeah. I have uh, two questions. What's your favorite guy walks into a bar joke? Oh, uh, the, the favorite. My favorite one is is. Uh, uh, that was actually a grasshopper walks into a bar. <laughs> you know that one? No. Grasshopper walks into the bar and the uh, bartender says, hey, we got a drink named after you. And uh, the grasshopper says, you got a drink named Bob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to check to see if you killed that on the last show. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, it's not my joke. Cute. It's an old that's joke, cute. but that's a great one. Oh, Classic. You know, the... Uh, uh, Snail goes into a car dealership and he goes. He's he's looking for a a a, a new car and he goes. You know, I sort of like this one. It's a little hatchback. And uh, the dealer goes, "Okay, great, great. What can I do to get you in it?" He goes, "Well, I like the way it's set up right now, except one thing. Could you do one thing?" The dealer's like, "Sure, what?" And he goes, "Could you paint a big S on the side of it?" Well, yeah, sure, I guess I could, what, but why do you want that? Because when I'm driving down the street, I want people to point and say, escargot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Classic. Motor. <laughs> all right, so we have the homework, we have all these beers, we spilled beer. High school uh, physics teacher joke. High school physics teacher joke. I didn't take physics. Things in fall. high school. Well, what was yeah. the last? The last beer we. Strangely enough, the last beer we tasted was not a Belgian beer. Oh, oh yeah. It's but from, there are from Pennsylvania, Victory. But there are. Um, That's close to Belgium. Closer than here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the we had were not that were not over, overly hopped, but there is some. Astringency, perhaps that's similar similar to the, the uh, it's inherent in the IPA that exists in some of the Belgian beers that I find a, a similarity. It's not two different types of beers, but there's an astringency. What do you want to call it? Sour, acetic, 
astringent, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, there is a similarity between the IPA and some of these beers we've had here today. Not the sweeter ones, but the the goose and the, uh, the shoof. There's an astringency that they share with an American IPA that most people might not think about. Hmm. So if you like American IPAs, you might like some of these Belgian beers that are a little on the sour or the less sweet side. I'm, I'm surprised to find the similarity myself. So, yep. but having them side by side, I'm re- I'm reminded of some number of these Belgian beers when I drink the IPA. So, the Belgians aren't known for hoppy beers. No, they're not. They, they all use hops, but they're not known for hoppy beers as we know it here in the West Coast or in Northwest. No, but they are very intrigued by our hoppy beers, and uh, they are experimenting with them. Mm-hmm. And there's a, any number of breweries that have hoppy beers that are making them and sending them back this way. Duval Green. Good example. <coughs> yeah, and uh, even Ashuf is making a hoppy beer and sending it this way. Mm-hmm. And Castile, the, uh, uh, I think it's called Berglund or Burgund or something like that. Burgund. It's got an archer on it. Burgund. Burgund. Whatever. Yeah. Ardeans. Ardeans. <laughs> <laughs> you say uh, Burgund, I say Burgund. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're intrigued by it all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right. But we're going to wrap this up. I still like that one. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Um, it, it's always a pleasure, and um, I think you guys are doing a great thing and getting people to try different beers. Class in Seattle. Yeah, April 11th. April 11th. BelgianBeerMe.com. Uh, BelgianBeerMe.com. Four, possibly three tours left this year. Right. Um, if you think that these all sound interesting and you don't have the money, the time, the uh, the whatever, save the save the uh, the dates for next year right so uh, th- we still have the farmhouse sale tour coming up call and sick and put on a credit card that's six yeah. days and then trappist <laughs> tour that's 10 days they both are in october and then the essen christmas beer festival tour uh 15th to 20th and if you're looking for something to do on your honeymoon there you go there you go yeah i gotta get a date first you have you have lots of date potentials. <laughs> you know what? Sarah's already over there. Excuse me, evil Sarah. She doesn't have. To, you don't have to is fly she her over there. there, or is she back? I don't know. Did she boomerang? Who knows? Hmm. 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 All right. Go, hmm. hmm. All right. Well, uh, we only have one last thing to say on beer school, and that is class, class dismissed. Fun. And the tape continues. Hogan. Hogan. Schultz. <laughs> I'll tell the story again. Where Banana Republic is, the flagship Banana Republic store on Sutter Street in San Francisco, used to be Doubleday Books. And had a friend there who worked at Doubleday Books. And Werner Klemper used to live in San Francisco. And he came into he came into Double Day Books every now and then, and one day my friend's there and he's checking out. He goes, "I just have to ask you to say it just once." He goes, "Hogan." He's all, "Thank you." <laughs> and he did it. He did it. <laughs> wow, that's like because one thing you don't know, Werner Klemper, who was Colonel Clink in Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. yeah, the homework is to watch Hogan's Heroes. Um, he was like in his thirties when he played that role. He wasn't old. Wow. He looked old. I know he looked old. He looked like he was fifty years no, old. No, no. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Maybe it was the uniform. You see, in the, uh, or the monocle. Being a, being the a, mon- a fan of 
Turner Classic Movies, uh, which has the old speech beforehand about all the movies, there have been a number of movies that he was in as either, not, not necessarily a star, but as a major character. So if you really wanted to have beer school homework, beer school homework would be find all the Warner Klemper movies he was in before Hogan's Heroes. Because he yes. was in about 15 or 20 movies before Hogan's Heroes came along. Mostly be black and white. Oh, yeah. He either played a villain or the duped good guy uh, with a German accent. You know? Or go uh, go rent Autofocus. The creepy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want a really creepy movie, go rent Autofocus. That was a creepy movie. Yes. <laughs> I did watch all the way. Hey, no passing notes in class. No, no, this is funny. So this is um, this is the receipt from the Motor is Older show. Uh-huh. Uh, and and Stu is, has circled that we... Uh, uh, and outed us that we had Coors Light as one of the items bought. And cheesecake. And cheesecake. That is a dangerous combination. <coughs> yeah, people and, celebrate and, delu- and deluxe nut mix. Now the irony of ironies. And, uh, and a salami. That's so. when I flew in directly from <laughs> Los Angeles and cabbed to the show. It was a fun show. So what was that from? What event was that? That was from Motor's birthday party. Oh. From the show Motor is Older. And so... What the heck was up with the Coors Light? I was here. I, obviously, you didn't get the homework before that party. Kept, kept the kept the uh, bottles, you know, the cans stay blue. Um, why well, did we... Why brought chicken? Okay, so part of... Why are we so hypocritical as beer advocates here? We're not here... I'm not hypocritical about this. No, that there's a time and a place for Coors Light. You know what? I agree. I did. You know, and it was and a birthday party is not it. What is going on? Okay, part of it was part of it was it was a joke, uh, and the other part was is that by the end of the show, none of the cans were blue. It's true. I brought Trumer. No, yeah, that was good. We had a, we had torpedo. We had torpedo. Had, yeah, some people brought torpedo. We had a heck home, of a beer. We had some homebrew. We and had who was the guy who brought the homebrew? He and his wife. Yeah, they were here. They brought uh, the homebrew. Stephen and Susan. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. And uh, we had a lot of good beer. And uh, there was a lot of good food, and we had a good we had time. Five pounds of chicken wings. Yeah. Oh yeah, the chicken wings. How could we forget that? Yeah, that was pretty good. We ate them all. Yeah. Mm. Or almost all of them. Yeah, well, we ate pretty much all of them. Yes. <laughs> I didn't take any home that night. We ate pretty much all of them. Somebody took them home, but I didn't take them home. So. Yeah. Uh, you no. know, I think I agree with you. There's time and place for every beer. Yeah. And, and as light beers go, I like Coors Light, the best of the light beers. It's a, you know, it's, I'm going to call it the, uh, <laughs> the gateway to IPA. Wow. It's a long ways away, though. If you do, if you do the side by side by side of Coors, Coors Light, Bud, Bud Light, and taste them, you know, and it, most people won't be able to, to discern the difference between them. But Coors Light tastes like IPA. Budweiser tastes like, yeah, it's weird. Try this. Mm, I don't know. I don't, that is the most dangerous. The most to a, a beer person, the most dangerous thing is a blind tasting. Because you'll be remark, you'll 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 be surprised at your own taste buds, how they betray you. You think, well, I'm an IPA guy. I can taste an IPA a mile away. It's like you'll you'll realize that you, you really can't once once all the once all the the visual the, feedback, all the, all the things, all the, yeah. all the things that all the triggers have been removed. Maybe you can't. I'm I'm pretty good at it. Like if you gave me seven beers and told me that. The names of the seven beers, I could do a pretty good job matching them. If you just gave me seven beers and said, "What are they?" I might be able to give you a style, but not necessarily. No, a just, oh, no. just, just say seven yeah. beers, and do you like it or not like it? Would you Would you drink it again or not drink it again? Oh yeah, 
and you find out that you that you'll, you'll of course you drink a Sierra, uh, oh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or blah blah blah. Then you think, oh, Miller Light. Yeah. I, liked, I put that in my like column. Miller no. Light. No. <laughs> no. 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 But, no. You won't but ever put that I'm in your like. I'm just saying. Beers like say Old Milwaukee always score high in those type of mm-hmm. the, you know. Blind well, but that's a, but that's because it's a clean, mm-hmm. very tasteful beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what I mean, not yeah. tasteful as in, I mean, it tastes it's good. Not tasty, but it's just, it's got a, yeah. it's got a distinct yeah. thing going on that you, you, you don't find objectionable. Right. No. And it's kind of funny because. Uh, uh, where was I the other day? And somebody gave put a glass in front of me, and they didn't tell me what it was. And I tasted it. And I'm like, oh, that's Pliny the Younger. It was like that was you knew. I knew it just by tasting it, um, and you know because I looked at it and the whole thing. And it was in a w- little glass, and so it had to be that. But well, first of all, you <laughs> saw it was beer, so you narrowed that. Down. Yeah, I narrowed that down. And it was in a little glass, so it had to be rare. It wasn't red <laughs> with chunks, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't smell like. It didn't uh, smell like tree, so it wasn't uh, uh, working for tips. It wasn't working for tips. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't chilada. It wasn't. It wasn't pink. It didn't look. It didn't have swirls. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so that narrows it down. Process of elimination. Yeah, it right. didn't have really fat bubbles, which means that it wasn't Budweiser. <laughs> Some guys like fat bubbles. <laughs> I don't think it's too much butt. More to cushion right. the consumption. True. No, I was just saying it's too much butt. Hey, kid. Triple Rock is 24. Let's go. 24. 